Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Author's Quill. This is a new show that's going to be day. Well, actually, debuting today. I have John John Goodwin with me. I was about to call him John Greenwald for some reason. His name stuck in my head today. Um, John Goodwin's with me from Galaxy Press, and he's going to be joining us. Our guest tonight is Wolf Moon, and, and eventually Wolf will get his stuff together. And we'll have him on with us hanging out. And uh, he's uh, had some kind of weird update going on in his computer, so. Yeah, sometimes stuff happens when you're going live. It's a little weird when you go live somewhere, but um, that's you're going to see. This is going to be you're going to be talking about this in just a little while. Uh, I'll put it up there where y'all can see it better in a minute. But this is new book. Uh, there you go. Dun, 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 dun. In between we'll now and when we when we get back on to do it, we can be talking about. Yep. Well. well. This one. I'll tell you what. Hmm. I'm not going to start cussing. You know, just before we were about to go live, just before you called, I had a power, uh, one of those power things go out. And I'm like, you're kidding. All of a sudden, two screens go off and one computer goes off. I'm like, what the bleep bleep is this? You uh, know, I thought maybe it was a breaker because every now and then I'll pop a breaker because there's so much going yeah. on. <clears throat> and then I look down and I realize it's a power strip. I'm like, you got to be joking me, man. So I had to go hunt down a power strip and uh, Anyway, people, not y'all's problems, but this is authors. Cool. So you're going to see a lot of authors on here. Jeffrey, to answer your question, because I know you had sent it to me earlier today. I don't know. Uh, I was talking with Michelle about that. We we have actually thought about uh, maybe having a separate name for the um, for when we're doing um, illustrators and stuff like that, or artists or things like that. I know we we we'll see one one, one baby step at a time. Uh, John's going to be here every few weeks with hanging out with y'all, and then I know Jeffrey's going to be here every few weeks. I think Scott City's going to be here every few weeks. Um, I haven't talked to any of the girls yet, but I'm sure one or two of them will volunteer. But more than likely, it'll be like every six or seven weeks, you'll see one of us. It'll just be rotating around, and um, you'll see different authors. Some will be coming from Writers of the Future. Some will be coming from other places. Same thing with the illustrators. So just pay attention. Uh, we have, we're going to be working poor Carmen to death. He'll be cussing John in a couple of weeks. John, <laughs> won't you let me get into this for John? <laughs> I just hear him now. Well, Carmen's kind of laid back guys these days. Uh, and I know I drive him crazy because sometimes he has the hardest time getting hold to me. And uh, he's, he always calls like when I'm in the middle of a meeting. The other day he called him, I'm hanging off a scaffold. I'm like, I'm like, come, you're trying to kill me, man. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I mean, he don't actually know, but, um, and, and a couple of weeks before that, we were actually, we were actually hanging off the side of this building, putting these little lip, uh, covers in. And, uh, he called me like three times. I'm like, Carmen, I'm going to kill you, man. I'm going to kill you, Carmen. I'm going to kill you. It's, uh, but it always seems like that. I always seem to get crazy, uh, good, important calls in the middle of something I'm doing. Uh, meetings or things like that. And uh, Jamie Lee, yeah, those meetings are actually over. So you ain't going to deal with that anymore. That's somebody that works with me. But anyway, when we get Wolf on in a few minutes, uh, we're going to try to send us a new email. So we're going to try that in a couple minutes and, and see if we can get him on. And then once we get him on, we'll talk about his new book. Uh, John just got back from Germany and England, lucky bastard. Um, I mean, he was over there. At, wait, wait. He was, he was over there by himself, no less. Mm. I'm not even going to say any more than that. I'm just shutting up now. But so, how was your trip, John? I'm getting John poor John. Went to uh, the Frankfurt Book Fair, which is the biggest book show in the uh, in the world, in Frankfurt, Germany, and um, it's actually shrunk since pre-pandemic. But there's still about four thousand exhibitors there, and um, yeah, it's still pretty good. So it was pretty good in there. And so I met a bunch of. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, publishing has changed so much over the last like three, four, five years. And with the pandemic, 
a lot of stuff is done at home now. Um, and there's a lot of people that took advantage of this time to retire. So when mm -hmm. we went there, it was just a matter of meeting all new people, you know? So it's, um, that's, that's an interest. That's one of the things I wasn't anticipating was like all the new relationships I need to establish with, with publishers, with editors, with distributors, uh, media people, just a lot new. So we went there to Frankfurt and then from there went to uh, UK, which I love. I love London. Oh and, yeah. Um, UK is great. Yeah. And met with, um, um, booksellers there with, um, distributors with, um, a publicist that we that we worked with and then flew and then came back home and today i'm just like this because i'm i'm taking a a few hours out we're setting up for the hollywood christmas parade which is tomorrow and it's just it's crazy randomity it's just there's so much happening we're the green room so we'll have a couple hundred people celebrities and politicians and stuff like that here tomorrow um because we're the we're the, the head of the of the parade so this is where everybody then joins in to be able to uh, start the parade and do the parade. So we have all that happening. So right now we're just um, gearing up for that and been setting up all early morning. And, and uh, once I'm done with this, I'm back on to setting up, going out, picking up a lot of the uh, donations. A lot of people donate stuff. We also have uh, way to happiness. We're doing a 200 man street cleanup. So they're, they're going along with bags and stuff like that to clean up the street of any crap. So that when all the public are there over the tomorrow, that they're going to have a, clean sidewalks and street to be able to sit on and, and wait for the parade to go by. That's nice of you. You know, I mean, that really is actually because LA is not the cleanest town I've ever been. It's not the dirtiest, by anybody, but, but you know, it's been in all fairness to LA. Y'all are not the dirtiest. That's not Johnny Depp glasses. You completely threw me off when you said that. Anyway, it's not the dirtiest town I've ever been in. I've been in far, far dirty in the French quarter itself. After a long Mardi Gras, is just disgusting. People, you have to remember the French Quarter's like been around for about 400 years now, and some of that stuff down there is touched me. You don't even put your hands in there if you don't have to. But Wolf Moon's with, with us. Wolf, how you doing, baby? Good. Hopefully, you can hear me now. Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, no, you come. You see, you're in five by five, nice and clean audio. And, oh, sweet. Uh, and see, John's up there looking good. I, I, I can't hey, John, believe Emily. I can't believe hey, Emily let him loose for. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of deal did you? I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah, she had meetings. She couldn't. She couldn't not attend here. So no, no, I know. I know she's busy, busy, busy. Uh, we're talking about his wife Emily Goodwin. She's uh, always uh, like the whirlwind. When you when you hear him describe the whirlwind, it's Emily. She's just never nonstop going all yeah. the time. I know she's a sweetie pie. Well, I don't know. I've never mean to her to get, to get on her bed. So, so I, don't, I don't know. Wouldn't recommend it. Would not recommend I, it. I'd stay off of that side. Oh, man. But any, anyway. No, so no, they're doing the, the Christmas parade tomorrow in Los Angeles. So they're going to be Christmases and that. Why, why is it so early? Why is it like in December? Well, it's been this, it's been on the Sunday after Thanksgiving for the last eight decades. Yeah, yeah so forever. It's just, yeah, so it's just a thing. Don't now, fix yeah. it, so it's just been that's what it is. We had two years where it didn't happen. One was in World War II, and one was the first year of the pandemic. But otherwise, we've had it every year. Well, I can see the pandemic knocked a lot of people out. I know we lost one whole year of Mardi Gras down here thanks to the pandemic. That's a lot yeah. of money to lose, too. That's, that's, yeah. Somebody said, oh, it's saving lives. I said, yeah, well, meanwhile, all these people are starving to death. <laughs> I don't know how many lives it's actually saving. Uh, tonight's guest is Wolf. And Wolf's been on with me before. Wolf's always a lot of fun to chat with. So he's got a new book out, How to Write a Howling Good Story. 
I like easy titles. I don't have to get no fancy words in here. <laughs> Nothing. As you can see, it's also standing up behind me. One behind me is the one we're giving away. There's actually one sitting in front of me. So if we need to reference something, we can. But the one behind me is the one that's going to get given away before the end of the night. Uh, we're going to give that that book away to somebody. Um, what smart ass? I'll just sell it for forty nine ninety nine. How you like that? Okay, <laughs> and you can send it to Wolf. I'm just saying. Oh man! Ever since the holidays have hit, we have had some some. How can I say this nicely? Some ornery uh, chat people lately. They have been just ornery as hell. Uh, Y'all need to get outside or something, or stay inside, or do something. It's been kind of crazy, but so Wolf. So first off, man, what is it that possessed you to write this? So when I was reading through the, the what was it, the pamphlet you said, it's not really a pamphlet, what would you call that? Uh, like a mini magazine. Um, oh, the workbook. Yeah, the that's workbook. the workbook. Yes, there you, yeah, there you go. Get it out of my face like that. So anyway, reading through the workbook, I was thinking, um, how big is this book going to actually be? Because there's a lot of material in the workbook, people, if you'll have it. Um, if, or if you go get it, it's, there's a lot of stuff in there you can do. So and that's it right there. No, actually, my kid has it right now. I can't, you know, it's funny. When I put stuff in my office lately that that's, I think I need for whatever I'm doing, it, it manages to disappear to one of my kids. Matter of fact, we were, we were promoing a book last week, and I couldn't find a book. You know where it was? And my daughter had it reading it. I was like, don't take them. Take them after the shows, people. After the shows. Not before the shows. Oh, my God. Uh, so, anyway, getting back to what I was asking you. What was it? So and I know you work with a lot of authors. We've talked about this before, but what was it that possessed you? you said, okay, these people are just this dumb that I got to give them a book to help them understand this. Because people like me, now, ladies and gentlemen, don't take that out of, out of context because people like me are dumb when it comes to writing. Um, I learned a lot hanging out with the writers of the Futures Gang and uh, talking with people like Wolf. They, they just know so much. Plus, it actually helps me with the terminology because when I first started hanging with these guys, they would say stuff. I'm like, what? What, what the hell was that? I mean, just different words. I'm like, okay. And, and what the hell does that mean? So I have to go around and ask somebody, which, you know, it's embarrassing when you ask a bunch of authors about a word that they use all the time. They just kind of look at you like, hmm, Joe, are you just dumb? So anyway, getting back to what I was saying, what was it? I mean, so you just said, okay, I'm going to shortcut this and help people. Because I mean, there's only one of you, so you can only spread yourself out so thin. And uh, so is this like an extension of Wolf? Yeah, so what, what happened, it actually goes back to trying to win this contest, which is why John's here. He uh, he was watching me. I, I made a commitment. It was at really the lowest point in our life. I'd lost my business. Um, I had just fought an $800,000 lawsuit with the SEC, finally won. Uh, and my wife had cancer, and I couldn't be within eight feet of her because she was radioactive. She actually had to eat radioactive iodine to kill the cancer. And so we were at a really low point, uh, lost our home, lost our business. And I said, well, what do I want to do? <laughs> I can't get much lower. So what do I want to do from here on out? And I said, well, I've always wanted to be a professional writer. And I was always trying to make my money first and then write full time. And uh, every time I thought I just achieved that, the rug got pulled out from under us. So, so I said, okay, I'm going to enter Writers of the Future because I knew so many had won not only the contest, but built their careers from the launch that they give you because it's a beautiful launch, um, great exposure. And everybody knows if you win this contest, um, you're at a really high level of writing 
integrity and proficiency. And lots of my friends like Dean Wesley Smith, Nina Creaky Hoffman, uh, Chris Rush, they had all won the contest and had launched their careers through it. Dean was the first guy to walk across the stage and he was my mentor. So I knew if I really kicked in and said, this is what I'll do, I this could launch my career and change my life for me. Mm. So that was uh, about five and a half years ago when I won the contest. Uh, but to do that, I had to commit to writing fresh stories every single quarter, never missing a quarter. And I threw every curveball I could at them. I learned a lot of things about writing, writing outside of my comfort zone. I stretched my imagination. I finally sent them a story that they couldn't refuse. And I got of the 14 times I entered, 13 times I got either honorable mention, silver, semifinalist. And then finally, I got my finalist in the win. So I won Writers of the Future with a story called Super Duper Moon Girl and the Amazing Moon Dollar right in Writers of the Future, Volume 35. Okay. And uh, I got lots of nice comments at one best story of the year in the Critters um, Re Awards, which a couple thousand people vote in that every year. And I had my career launched. <laughs> so uh, people knew about me, uh, which is really important. So that's what the contest you does. You want to make it money. It's important. <laughs> yeah, it shines a light on you. So you actually, people take notice and say, well, what is that guy writing? You know, you need that. And that's what the contest provides for you. Um, but I thought, well, you know, I was in the Writers of the Future forum and I'd watch all my fellow compatriots trying to win it. And I finally won. I thought, well, you know, I can leave them all now and go start my career because it takes time to keep talking with everybody and building everybody up. Or I said, you know, I can stop and help everybody that wants to learn more and figure it out how to do this in record time and not take as long as I had. <laughs> I'd taken a very long time to win this contest. So that was my desire. I started inside of the forum a topic called Wolf Moon Super Secrets and Challenge. And I challenged everybody, okay, send in a story every quarter, but I want you to write a fresh story every quarter. And I did that because that's what helped me grow as a writer and I saw so many writers just rewriting the same story over and over and over again. Yeah, just changing expanding. it. Yeah. yeah, they just kept working on that same story, trying to perfect it. And uh, you'll get really good at editing that way, but you're not going to grow as a writer if you're just working on one story for the rest of your life. That just doesn't work. So, so that was that was the goal I set for people. About 20 people, maybe 16, uh, signed up for it and committed to it. They had to commit to it. And they said, if you, if you do, you'll get these super secrets that I'll give you. And I just started sharing with them all things I had learned over the years of what makes a good story, what made my winner come about. And sure enough, in that year, I think we had three finalists. And then right on the cusp of the second year, uh, and, and others were getting uh, selling to professional markets. And then we had our first winner. Um, and then after that, more and more people win. It's been like a dozen people from my workshop that either have won or been published finalists. Uh, and today's actually the five-year mark of when I started that thread. Well, that's good. Said, five years you know, ain't nothing in the world uh, of anything. Yeah, so today's the five-year mark. And I did all this for free every every year. Whoever wanted to sign up and commit for a month, I would open it up on the Writers Future Forum. I'd say, all right, whoever wants to join, anybody could, could come in and learn. But you got to commit to writing four fresh stories. And I started bumping it up. Because in the second year, I found out as I was talking with everybody, they're only sending stories into Writers of the Future. And I said, well, Writers of the Future is wonderful. It's the best market you can ever send your story to. 
but it's not the only market out there. So now you got to do two things. I want you to write a fresh story every quarter for writers of the future. I want you to write a fresh story every quarter to send out to another market. Um, one of the writers I did that with was Brittany Rainston. And she was the one I actually found out was only sending them into the contest. I go, come on, Brittany, we got to expand. This is good, but I want you to expand it into other areas. And she said, okay. I said, all right, I'm going to give you an assignment. There's an exercise I do called KYD, uh, Kill Your Darlings, named after David, the late David Farland, who told that to me on a semifinalist critique. You get a nice critique from the judges when you hit semifinalists. So I used an exercise that I developed long ago to win a contest. And I said, Brittany, do five of these in one month and then send that story out that you write. And so she did. And it not only got into Deep Magic, uh, which was a professional um, magazine. It also made their best of Deep Magic and ended up in their best of Deep Magic anthology too. And then shortly after that, her uh, following story won Writers of the Future. So um, writing fresh stories is really important and sending your stories out is really important. You'll never get published if you just keep those stories in a drawer. And I know people are scared to send them out. So that was another thing I did with the workshop, that's the challenge part of it. I challenge you to send those stories out. Don't just write good stories, send them out. Yeah, send them to and somebody. Well, you said 14. And, and, you know, I know when I first started talking with John and them, when, when a writer would tell me I, I sent it 14, 15, 20 times, I'm thinking years when it really wasn't true. I mean, 14 times is only three and a half years. And uh, so it sounds, well, people, because they, they have four quarters, you can, you can submit four times a year. So, you know, but when I first heard, I first asked somebody, I was like, damn, but you know, I've, I've interviewed now over a hundred authors uh, for writers of the future and a uh, good bit of them were in the 14 range. I mean, I, probably a third or more were in that. That seems like a Goldilocks uh, thing. Well, people, I'm not, yeah, I'm not guaranteeing. Go ahead. Okay. Well. It, 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 that's the case because you got to learn your craft and you learn it through writing. You, you can read about writing, but you also have to practice the techniques you learn. And uh, if you're not practicing that, you never develop the skills necessary, like in any art form. You actually have to work with it for a while before you become good with any job you do. Um, writers are one of the unique people who think, I created something. Everybody should love it. It's a, it's brilliant. And it's like, well, we too. <laughs> Which I can say that. <laughs> we too. You know, we're very connected to it. But uh, that's that's unfortunately you know, a, a writer hang up that all new writers think, well, I've made the most beautiful story. Why aren't they buying it? They must be blind. And no, the truth is we're suck. apprenticing. That's why. <laughs> we're <suck>. apprenticing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, actually, they can be really good, but they've usually got some bad spots. Like they don't understand certain things that a story must have, or they overdo descriptions or they give so much backstory at the opening that nobody will read through the story to find out all the good stuff. And so that's why I wrote the super secrets. They were tips and I numbered them one. I don't know how many we got up to 40, 50 of them. And I numbered them one. Okay. Super secret. I actually had to back up to super secret number zero after I was going on for a while, because I was also editing everybody's manuscripts for free in the workshop. And, uh, they didn't have the proper manuscript format, you know, and it's kind of like going to a job interview in Birkenstocks and a T-shirt, you know. It's like, well, without the proper manuscript format, the editors will look at it immediately and say, you know, there's there's a check mark against you. This is amateurish. 
and they're buying professional stories. So I had to back up and go super secret number zero, proper manuscript format for the win. And what was weird is I would show people how to do it. They would send it back to me saying they corrected it and they couldn't see how to do it. Everybody wants, it's too plain, the proper manuscript format. So they always want to dress it up and put it in a pink polka dot suit with a, a chartreuse lederhosen or something. You know, they're, they're, they always want to dress up their manuscripts and know there's a format that editors know that's very plain and easy for them to read and writers have to submit it. So all these kinds of things, I kept discovering that writers weren't able to see. Uh, the newer they were, the less they were able to see these things. And so I just kept developing tips for them called the super secrets and uh, they just kept mounting up. But the more people applied them, the more they were making sales and almost everybody in the workshop were unpublished writers. And many became not only winning the contest, but actually went on to uh, win awards like the Bain Adventure Fantasy Award, the Mike Resnick Memorial Award, and um, the Critters Awards, too. Um, so it just kept happening for people. The more I tried to make it simple, I tried to make it fun. And the results were, as they applied the secrets, they got through those hurdles. They got over them that were keeping holding them back. So... And I also, as John knows, I directed everybody to take the online workshop that Writers of the Future uh, teaches. Well, so it was a good workshop to take. I required them. I said, look, these are the top professionals in the field. These are icons that teach this. And I expect all of you to take this so that you can actually have the best training possible. And the nice thing with that workshop, when you get done with it, you actually have a story. Um, so that's the great thing about the online workshop. So. Anyway, it uh, has done wonderfully. And then uh, a year ago, I did a Kickstarter to actually bring forth a book from all of that because everybody said, well, can you put these all in a book? Because on the forum, there's like 5,000 posts on this on the Super Secrets and 850,000 views. So a lot more people, I've had Hollywood screenwriters find it just doing internet searches. Uh, people from all over the world have looked it up um, because it's become such a big topic. And um, and are, we're actually reading these posts and saying, you know, do you have a book on this? I'd like to get a book. So, so a year ago, I did a Kickstarter and to help fund it. And it did $21,000 and had okay. 330 backers. So for my first Kickstarter, that wasn't too bad. And uh, then we put out the book... Uh, November 7th, while I was at 20 books to 50K, and but in Vegas, a convention there for indie authors. And it hit number, actually, it hit number one bestseller in fiction writing books in pre release. And that's really, I, I didn't know you could earn that tag, that orange tag, while well, before the book's even out, but lots of people wanted it. And it surprised me because honestly, all my friends had already bought the book in the Kickstarter. <laughs> and I was in Kevin J. Anderson's story bundle. If you know Kevin J. Anderson, he's one of the top writers in the country. And we've sold hundreds through the story bundle that he's doing. So it's like I kind of used up all of everybody I know. So why was it hitting number one? And the cool thing is it's been in that top number one. Sometimes it slips down something then it'll pop right back up. Uh, but it's been in that for two and a half weeks since we released the book. And it actually got up in total sales one day to number six of all sales in the uh, fiction writing books. 
You know, there's there's just one guy that was holding me back, some upstart named Stephen King that wrote this obscure book <laughs> called On Writing. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, that guy shut me up. Yeah, 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 you know, he might have, he might be known a little bit more than you, but you know, just a little bit, man, just a little. <laughs> yeah, just a little, just, just a little tiny bit. Man. But I got up close, so that was nice. Yeah, that, and, uh, hey, that's that's still working it. Yeah, that's and what's nice when you get number one uh, in new um, new release like that, you you get mentioned right next to his book it's right below so it's like getting free advertising number one new release yeah, that's true because amazon's always suggesting what's next i but love just I it. Me free advertisement yeah so that was nice and then it hit uh with draft to digital smashwords uh their their report weekly report the first week it was number four out of all nonfiction books sold by them so that was really cool that was total of nonfiction, not just writing books and hit number one in bestseller in Kobo as well. So, and uh, the following week I was in the top 25 again. So that was nice. Number 10. So it's been doing really well and it's been helping a lot of writers. And that's why I yeah, wrote that, the book. That's what it's out there for. Get, y'all go get your copy. I know a lot of writers listen to the, this network. We have a lot of authors on the network and we have a lot of authors that listen to the network. Um, I didn't realize how many until I started working with John and I started getting people right to him. Oh, I'm so glad you got, you like authors now, Joe. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't like authors. They're still a pain in the ass. And they're like, like what well, you bringing all these people on us? I got a lot of shows in that to feel girl. What are you talking about? But uh, no, we have a lot of good people come on these days and, and we get a, we get a bunch of people from over at writers of the future that come on and then they always do a good job when they're on. And then we get a couple from other publishing houses that come hang out with us and stuff. And um, it's kind of weird sometimes because, you know, I talk to a lot of people from writers of the future, so I get a certain mindset when I'm talking with them because it's 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 just the way they all conduct themselves. Now, just recently I was doing, was it Greenly? I think it was Greenly. We did five authors just recently from them. And it's just different. Let's say, leave it at that so I don't get myself in trouble. But um, it was, it was, they could spend some time with y'all is all I can say. They, the books were great. I'm not going to lie, but I mean, they they just... They could spend some time with y'all to help out their careers. <laughs> I actually told them to submit, but three of them had made too much money that so they couldn't. But still, you know, it's it's out there. But see, I actually told them this book was coming, so they'll probably read this because any little thing can help you. I mean, look, I'm gonna read it because I'm I'm at sixty five thousand words. So I was thinking when I get to about one hundred eighty five thousand, I'm gonna buy like a pound of fudge or two pounds of fudge and mail it to Emily along with the book and say, Emily, can you please read this? <laughs> Let John, y'all sit in bed and read this one night. Uh, but them two can read like at lightning speed anyway. So, and um, but I did, I did manage to get another 18,000 just recently for some reason or another. Good. How yes, many are you up to? 65,000. And um, so that's got four days. Now, there's 11 day event, it's like four and a half days. So there's still five and a half days to include. And, and two or three of those days are actually quite a bit more stuff involved in some of the stuff. I mean, like the first, and this is y'all's fault, by the way, I'm, I'm blaming us on writers of the future um, and all their damn judges. <laughs> so the first, the first 7,000 is just fluff, just description. Cause I never could do that before. I never understood how any, any, how any of y'all, you know, filled in the blanks or filled in from spot to spot to spot, you know, from what happened here to what happened here and the stuff. And I was never good at that, but hanging out with them, I've actually learned quite a lot of, a lot of just lots of tricks I'll say. And uh, it's, it's allowed me to, to have a little more confidence in those areas. We'll leave it at that. 
and being able to talk with people like you and other other writers and, and other judges, you know, because I can ask them anything, which is nice for me. And, and, you know, they'll give me a little bit more detailed answer a lot of times. So it's, it helps me. I drive Dean crazy. He always just tells me, write the bleeping thing. Leave me alone. <laughs> I love Dean. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dean Wesley Smith. Yes, he. Because uh, I was asking him some a couple of weeks last time. We last time we was down there, I was asking. He said, "Joe, just go write your damn book and then bring it to me." I'm like, "No, I never bring you no damn book. You're crazy. <laughs> That's never going to happen." But um, I just want to write one just to see if I can because I've always been asked to write a couple of books on on the research we do. So I figure if I can get this one actually done, I might be able to do the other ones because the other ones will be easier. They're just we've got tons and tons and tons of research and stuff to fill in. So it's just like going page to page, but this is a lot harder. This is trying to make people understand what I'm talking about, which that's hard enough to do when I'm just speaking normally. So I'm just saying, John knows he's got to put up with it all the damn time. <laughs> he, John has learned how to speak Jojo ease. Mm -hmm. About a third yep. of the internet knows how to speak Jojo ease. Now a friend of mine said, what the hell is that? I said, if you text me on a regular basis, you'll know what it is. My brain works entirely too fast for my fingers. That's what the real problem is. And I catch myself. So now when I'm doing right and I have to go and I have to go back. And I think that's what cost me so much time is because I have to go back and reread because I'll find myself leaving out sentences, leaving out words, leaving out paragraphs. Uh, it's just my, so I got to go back and make sure I'm, I'm putting everything where it needs to be. See, well, if you do it out of habit, <laughs> you're just writing. So you do it out of habit. And guys, this book will help you all with this too as well. I know uh, somebody had just asked me, uh, you should go get it. Uh, Christopher, you should definitely go get it. I know you've been trying to write a book for a decade now. And uh, what do you mean? Are you going to win if you – wait, what? Are you? That question makes no sense. So I, I'm assuming you mean are you going to win if you buy the book? Win what? Win the contest? What contest? you got to – come on, man. you got to be more – oh, you mean writers of the future? You can submit, and if you win, you win. If you don't, you don't. Nah, and the point to is that. to learn how to write mm -hmm. a strong story that's written professionally. And when you learn the principles of writing, uh, it, it makes something that's palatable to the judges, to the editors. And it's at, in a format that everybody knows good stories are in. So that's half the battle is that most new writers and aspiring writers they don't understand that you need a lot less than you think you do. Mm. Your readers are quick. Your judges are even quicker. So doing these five-page info dumps at the opening of your story, explaining how <laughs> the system works in your medieval world, uh, it's not needed. And it's boring to read. It's boring. exciting to you. You should know all that stuff. So, But the problem is it's going to actually keep your readers bored, you know, the, the whole thing why people read is they're interested in the characters, the pace is good, and they want to find out what happens to this person. So what's going to take place? So the sooner you can get to the story, which is about that person and the struggle that they face to get what they desire, uh, the more interested it's going to be, interested it's going to be to the judges and certainly more interesting to the readers. So, so that's what I teach in how to write a Holland Good story is how do you get to that point and start at the right point and, you know, do it with a minimal amount of words with maximum effect. And when you do that, you're writing a professional story. It, it has maximum impact. And if you can come up with an idea that's unique that everyone else hasn't told, or at least give it a new twist, 
well, then you're going to rise to the top because the judges are going to say, wow, I've never seen this before and I don't know what's going to happen. So these are just natural things that make stories rise to the top out of thousands of entries that get sent into the contest or in an open call when they're at a professional magazine. So it's even harder at a professional magazine because you're competing against Tim Powers and uh, Brandon Sanderson, if he wants to send a story in, you know, and you're a new writer trying to break through in that marketplace. So what's nice about Writers of the Future is you can't have sold more than three professional stories. You can't have been published more than three professional stories. So, um, so you actually are with a, an easier group to win in because you're not competing against, you know, New York Times bestselling authors that are sending into the big magazines. So uh, anyway, so that that will help. Uh, anytime you can have somebody that's done it tell you how to get there and they've actually been there, uh, they're worth listening to because they know the path. So that's what well, I tried to do, show them the path. Well, no, actually, Stephanie, getting the book is, is, is kind of a, it will help you. I, I don't want to call it a cheat because you still got to work hard, but um, it, it'll save you a lot of a lot of guesswork. Well, that's the whole point. I mean, you know, make it more fluid. I, we need a lot more authors out there. I mean, look, the storylines I've been watching on Netflix and Amazon and everything have just been crappy. Uh, I haven't seen much in the way of good fantasy or good sci-fi, not in, like since before the COVID. And I'm getting a little aggravated with it because now I'm not even watching TV because there ain't nothing to watch. No, we need good, good storytellers, good book writers that people want to make movies out of or TV shows out of or whatever out of. I mean, I'm, no, not all TV shows start from books, but a lot of them do. Uh, so I just want to see something good. I don't even care what it is at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm having like sci-fi withdrawals or something. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And I don't, and I don't have enough time to really read, so it makes it even worse. And finding good stories that uplift you and keep your interest and pique your imagination, and you know. It's hard to find those. So um, many, there's been a whole trend of writing dark down, uh, just just uh, no hope futures. Uh, yeah, dystopian. I, 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 I'm not and, really watching that. And uh, I, you know that's not uplifting mankind. That's just accepting defeat. So yeah, I, see, I don't, so, want, I don't want to see stuff like that. I want, I want to see good stuff. I am watching Mission, uh, listening to Mission Earth. I'm in uh, book five that John is. I mean, I started re-listening to it the other day. And uh, it's it's I don't know if I'd call it uplifting, but it's funny as hell. That's for sure. <laughs> anyway, well, it's kind of that the it's the current scene of planet Earth. It is. Just, uh, but it, it's it's it is amazing how how close this is to what's going on on our planet today. It, it just cracks me up. When I was I was listening to something the other day, they were talking about something in in New York. I guess is what they were talking about. And yeah. um, I was kind of like. I mean, it, it could be taken out of a out of out of a newspaper from today, or I shouldn't say newspaper because we technically don't have those anymore. Or online newspaper. There you go, Bruce. How's that? Uh, I haven't seen a real newspaper. I couldn't even tell you the last time I seen a real newspaper. Um, I know there's a, cu a couple still out there, but I haven't personally seen any. Yeah, uh, there's people that read the the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times have special copies sent to them, but I don't think there's any selling them at any magazine stands or anything like that. Uh, I don't know. I, I have no idea, but it's 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 weird to watch how things are changing. And I like audio. John knows because John sends me audio stuff all the time, so it's easier for me to do an audio book than it is a, now 
in the old days, it would have been easier to do any book because I had more time. But today, you know, I'm driving a lot, so I just turn it on a car, listen to it, and uh, it'll stop when my phone rings, and it'll start when my phone goes off. So it's just it's an easy way for me. I'm getting all the all the I'm getting all the points of a book, but I'm getting the sound effects along with it. So it it kind of helps me to grasp the story a little bit better. Believe it or not, yeah. the, the sound effects help me. Um, it helps me to pay more attention, I guess would be the way to say it. Now, a book like yours is different because this is something I want to read to learn something. Uh, so it doesn't have to have any bells or whistles or sound effects or things like that. I just, well, I I'm going to do an audio book on it for you, Joe. But good, because right when, you, when, you, when you do it, let me know. I'll actually buy the damn thing because I love I do like to listen to them too. I got a lot of stuff in audio and it just makes my life so much easier when it comes in audio. Uh, a friend well, of mine, audio. Day, he was trying to send me his book the other day. I said, Nope, I'm not going to read that. He said, but Jess, I'm not going to read it. And I ain't going to lie to you. So he went on Microsoft Sam and had it recorded and sent it to me. <laughs> uh, no, I'm still not going to do it. Have y'all ever heard Microsoft Sam's voice? It's not going to happen, man. It's, it's like talking to a robot from hell. It really is. Um, what's that, Christopher? No, uh, you can get it everywhere, right? It's a, it's available everywhere, isn't it, Wolf? Yeah, all you have to do is go to the supersecrets.com, my website. Um, go there, and there'll be uh, books to read. If, you know, just go over to the super secrets and click there, and you'll see a uh, books to read. And every online re retailer there is, we're through draft to digital, and they submit yeah. to all the online retailers. So if you like uh, Barnes and Noble, you can get it there. If you like Amazon, you can get it there. If you like Kobo, you can get it there. If you like Smashwords, uh, get it there. So, um, and you can get it in, of course, ebook, and of course, trade paperback, the nice big paperbacks, nine by six, and I also have it in hardcover. So, Ooh, hard yeah, lots of great choices. Yeah, hardcovers. I don't know. I got a thing for hardcovers. It's uh, what is that, Michael? Yes, I do. I, I don't know. It's just a thing. I guess that's what I was raised on. Uh, we always had hardcover books in the house. Yeah, you, it's, it's like I remember a guy which my mom was getting the thing of encyclopedia. So, well, you know, you can get them in paperback. She said, I don't want no paperback, I want hardcovers. And ever since then, I guess it's just stuck in my head. It's whatever's yeah. easiest to read. People, hardcovers always cost way more than paperbacks do. So, keep that in mind yeah. when you're thinking about a book costs twice as much to make yes. so that's why they cost more because so. when ann rice came with all her books my wife wanted them all in hardcover i'm like baby you know what it's gonna cost i don't care like, <laughs> well if you're a collector you know i have i have you can see a bunch of them behind me i have even the eastern press leather bounds because i really really like those um wish i had a signed do and i just have the eastern press doom book without mm -hmm. being signed um, and then the Brandon Sander ones, Sanderson ones that he just did, I had to get those. That was four books in hardcover. And I think he did 36 million in his Kickstarter. Wasn't that what Gee, he did? 42. 42. 42. Yeah, 42. Yeah. I remember when yeah. John told me that. I was like, just a little bit bigger than me. <laughs> 42 million. She might as well just retire, write the book and go home and retire. Um, but you know what's cool about that? What Brandon did is he made Kickstarter realize that it wasn't just games and products that could be sold, but actually he changed the publishing industry because uh, from what I was told, they didn't even have somebody over uh, their publishing book publishing division. But after Brandon showed them how much money could be made in it, Horanna uh, Leckert was hired and uh, <laughs> she's now, she's now over it all. I got to meet her last year at 20 books to 50 K in Vegas. 
And uh, yeah, so she's she's now over it, making sure that everything's growing and being handled right. So, and a whole bunch of people now are selling their books first through Kickstarter. It's mm-hmm. it's made an entire massive change in how indie authors uh, actually introduce their books to the world. So and it gives them the funding. Help. I mean, most writers are poor, <laughs> so yes, it takes a while me, to uh, actually get to a level where your income from writing pays your bills. So Kickstarter is so wonderful because you can tell everybody, here's the book I'm going to make. Here's the cover. Uh, here's the artist I want to use. Here's the editors that I'm going to use. And uh, I just need some help to put this together. And in return for your backing me, I'm going to give you a book. You know, So it works out really nice. And it's a way that you can really get the funds you need to put a nice book together that's professional, as good as what you see coming out of the big five out of New York. So, mm-hmm. so independent authors have had a, a wonderful boost through Kickstarter. So, and and I might add, so in my writing group, uh, Wolfpack Writers, uh, David Hankins joined that. He's one of those that signed up for it. Had nothing published before he began, and in eighteen months. Uh, in the workshop, all of a sudden, he started making sale after sale. I actually watched watched him write his first publishable story from an exercise in my workshop. And sure enough, he sold that to Dreamforge. And it wasn't shortly after that, just a few months later, that he won Writers of the Future with another story. And he's had story after story published. And then he did the same thing I did. He launched his story uh, as a Kickstarter, as a novel. Um, death and the tax man and he did around nine thousand dollars in his kickstarter that so, story got so much attention no, i know it wasn't story. and it wasn't even a damn winner it's uh <laughs> it was a winner <laughs> well yeah it was a winner yeah but you know what i meant and um okay by the way ladies and gentlemen i know somebody asked me this the other day don't ever ask me to pick a winner or loser for writers or for any of them for that matter i haven't even gotten close i'm just telling y'all um, I've, I've tried four times now. Nope, not even close. It's uh, I don't. I obviously I don't know what it takes to, for these judges to pick something. Uh, I'm trying to get in their heads, but still. Um, Just one point: the way it works is that there's um, the twelve winners, but they're all twelve winners. There's a grand prize winner, but that doesn't actually set any standard for someone making it as a career as an author. So it's just how much are they willing to to hustle? Um, we give them that initial uh, recognition, and as Wolf Moon has uh, realized, and definitely you have too, Joe. It's like we work hard to get all the winners a um, a leg up. You know, we yeah. did, we I have a target of trying to book three at least three media for every winner, and if they want more, that's fine. We we'll do more for them. We're trying to get their their face out there so that people will like, okay, good. So this is somebody that um, I can check with. The stats are like really unnerving. So on the need to help aspiring writers and artists, there are upwards of 4 million books published each year with 75% being self-published, roughly 3 million. The sad fact is that the average self-published author makes $1,000 annually, selling only 250 copies. So that's what you're up against. So if you have something like Writers of the Future, that can give you that recognition. And I'll tell you right now, too, every, about every two weeks, I'll see press releases from an author newly published that says, yeah, I won honorable mention in Writers of the Future. Yeah. Anything that can get you to stand out helps with that competition of 4 million books. Anything that will help you stand out 
is very much appreciated. And the fact that we're now 40 years old as a contest, we've gone, we're, we're past any, any point of consideration. Like, well, is this legit? Because it's known now that it's, oh, yeah, it's we know strictly that. blind judge, you know? So the, the winners are chosen strictly because of the quality of their story or their art, because all the judges see is a number associated with their story and the art. So it's, it's, it's known out there by editors. So when someone says I was, in, they put in their uh, uh, cover letter to their story. Yeah, I went on to mention, then they know that that's the person in the top 10%. And we get thousands of entries every quarter now. Yeah. So it's, it means a lot. Yeah, I've, I've known since I've been hanging out with him, I've seen them increase quite a bit. And uh, they're just growing exponentially at this point. And um, yeah. so there's lots of stuff people know you just got, you got to submit to win. I mean, I tell this, I've, I've, if I had a dollar for every time I said this, I could retire. I could retire, probably retire John too. Um, really and truly. I, but what John's saying is, is there's a lot of friendly press. Okay. It's not hostile. Yeah. Press. It's friendly yeah. press. You're going to find a lot of people like me. You're going to find way bigger press than myself out there. Um, you know, when we went to Gala this past year, they had some pretty big press out there. This is friendly press. These people are not here to hatchet you up. They're not here to beat you up. They're just simply here to put you out there. So give, missing stuff like that is, is, is just cost you. Because the amount of press that you would have to, in order to get this kind of press, and if you paid for it, you, you'd, you'd be, well, in the poorhouse. Uh, frankly, yeah. you're just not going to get that. Even I'm not that cheap, people. So, you know, in order, order to get that kind of press, you just, it, you have to win. And, well, and you're uh, I mean, also in was a best-selling anthology. Yes. So they sign you up at Barnes and Noble to do a signing. You get your first signing, like just like all the other big pros, the New York Times bestsellers. They set you up at Barnes and Nobles and other bookstores to actually sign books and uh, sell books. So you know, you, get, you right away at the beginning of your career, whenever you launch with them, you've already got established, best, you know, best-selling author because the it becomes a number one best-selling anthology. And then you also get a book signing at Barnes and Noble or other places. They set all this up for you. You don't have, you don't have to go do all this. They've got a team of people that are arranging all this for you. So right. all it can do is help elevate you. That's yes. That's and let's, and let's not, done. let's not forget uh, X, X, uh, fan X and dragon con and all the rest of the ones that they're at. So they're at San Diego con, they're at dragon con. So, you know, a lot of times you'll see people working the tables. I'll be there signing books uh, or illustrators. I, I like to harass them. I like to stop by and harass them real quick. You know, hey, what are y'all doing here again? <laughs> let, let me harass y'all. It's, um, but I do every, uh, every year I've gone, they've always got authors uh, at the tables, working the tables. So guys, these are freebie things that you, you'd have to pay. Do you know how much it is to get a table at dragon con people? Do y'all have any idea if you was a lonely little author who's barely making it, Dragon Con, you you might break even if you're lucky. So you better you better take the freebies first before you go start paying the big money uh, to go sit around. Or know I was going to share something on that with you, Joe. Okay. Um, at the gala, which the galas are are like the Oscars. I mean, they are the yes, Oscars they're, of they're science fabulous. fiction fantasy. It's absolutely spectacular. You get picked up in a white Hummer. Uh, limo right on Hollywood Boulevard. You walk out and step onto these. So, I mean, it does so much to your mind to believe as all this is happening to you. It's very surreal while you're going through it, but it sticks with you. But the other thing is at the gala, they have all of the top publishing people like Tony Weisskopf from Bain was there. I got to visit with her. Um, sitting next to me at the table at the banquet, 
was Blake Castleman, who at the time was over programming for Fanex Salt Lake. And uh, later on, Blake said, hey, would you like to be a special writer guest for Fanex? And I said, sure. And so they had me out. And I mean, they, that year they covered my hotel. They covered my booth space, uh, covered some meals for me. Yeah, well, if you're good, um, they will. So, That's the thing. So I got to do presentations there. I got to set up my booth and uh, actually sell my workbook from there. Sold hundreds of copies. Oh, let's say 150 copies in two weeks because it went to Fanex. Um, also sold 35 Writers of Future, volume 35 there. So, I mean, these are just pluses that happen because they bring the right people together. Oh, and then, like, you get to know people like Kevin J. Anderson. Well, Kevin J. Anderson just did a story bundle for NaNoWriMo. And guess what? He invited me to be in it. <laughs> so so my book got to be in that. Hundreds of people got the book through the story bundle. So it helps make connections for you that as a new beginning sprout, <laughs> you have no way of accessing all That's of true. that. The Writers of the Future puts things to, they put all, it's like a, the right ingredients in the Petri dish. So if you want to grow, you can grow as fast and as big as you want because they brought it all together to help you succeed. And if you are able to make connections and visit, make friends, well, they're going to remember you and they're going to remember your story and they're going to remember you're a winner and they'll help you out. So uh, even my quote on the front of the book, uh, it's from Rob Sawyer, Hugo winning, Hugo award winning author of the Oppenheimer alternative. Okay. He's, considered the dean of Canadian science fiction fantasy. Uh, he was given a Grandmaster Award uh, from Writers of the Future uh, just last year, wasn't it, John? Yes. Yeah. And so you get to rub shoulders. I rode in the limo with him. We had a great discussion, him and <laughs> Kevin J. Anderson. Well, so so I sent him an ARC, an advanced reader so, copy of my book. And so, he said, Wolf's Moon Advice is spot on. Follow it and you can launch a major career. This book is pure gold, right on my front cover. Well, that's because of Writers of the Future. I have no access to him, uh, except maybe I've met him once really briefly in a hallway at uh, Norwescon. So, but at Writers of the Future, you actually spend time with these people yes, and you can make wonderful connections yeah. and they want to help you succeed. So I don't know if you have more to say on that, John, but I know that, that wouldn't have happened without Writers of the Future. Very well, that true. was how it originally actually started when when Owen Hubbard created the contest in 83. <clears throat> he enlisted the help of Algis Budras, who was a very famous editor at the time, who called in and wrote his uh, compatriots. You know, So these are people that wrote with Owen Hubbard. And so some of these original judges that we had were like, well, Orson Scott Carter's still with us, but um, like everybody knows the book Dune, well, you know, um, Frank Herbert was one of the original judges. You know, he passed away. Then his son picked up as a, as a judge. But uh, William, Jack Williamson, he was one of the, the major writers, a grandmaster. Um, we had um, probably half a dozen grandmasters of science fiction on that original panel of judges who were there to help. And it just, they were, I had several conversations with him saying like, they wish they had the wherewithal and and foresight to do what Owen Hubbard did in creating this contest. But as of now, 40 years later, I mean, Owen Hubbard, because he's he he put in his will to continue funding the contest. He's he's put in millions of dollars to continue to fund this contest, not just to 
the prizes, but he flies all the winners out. He flies, he puts everybody in a hotel. He flies the judges out, puts them in the hotel. He funds the contest throughout the, throughout the year. He's done this for 40 years now. So his, his belief in the future writers um, was really strong and it continues because we're now, we're after next year, we're pushing a thousand winners of the contest over the 40 plus years now that um, have been recognized. And so many of today's biggest writers, most famous writers and artists came from uh, writers and illustrators of the future. And it's funny because one of our illustrator judges, um, I had him on as a guest, uh, Craig Elliott. Um, he's one of the mega, he was a lead design um, artist for Netflix and um, went back to the Disney and almost every major uh, animated movie is his creation that's in there. And he said, yeah, I've been, I was following writers and illustrators the future since the very beginning. So I didn't really enter the contest. I didn't think I was good enough. And so I just like to let people know, like, don't be, you know, you're your worst enemy. Just submit to the story. And because like, like Moon's been saying too, you got to write. And that's what all the judges will say too. A writer writes and you have to keep on writing. And if you keep on taking the same story over and over again, you're not going to grow as an author. So you write and be willing to like take another idea and another idea and keep on working it. And even um, most of our judges said, they, they've varied between half a million and a million words. Just be willing to throw away the first half a million to a million words as you build your voice. You know, don't worry about, I'm not good enough. I'm not this. Just keep on writing and you'll build your own voice. Um, he got to the point where Hubbard got to the point where he was writing uh, 100,000 words a month and his composition speed was over 90 words a minute. He was like really, really fast. And uh, but he did it because he wrote. He was writing since he was in, in high school. He was a high school newspaper editor. So he is, you know, you're right. And I know, Moon, you were you won that um, competition when you were like three years old or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I was 15, I won the Scholastic Art and Writing Awards. There which you go, yeah. For high school kids and, and uh, junior high kids, it's like winning Writers of the Future when you're older. Um, yeah. And actually, Stephen King was first discovered through it. Joyce Carol Oates, John Updike, they all came from from that contest. That was their first big sale. And many people <laughs> think because they have that, it actually told them they could do it. And it's why they launched successful careers. Well, the same thing Writers of the Future is doing yeah. for adults. It's doing the same thing. So that initial boost like that can really help you believe and that's the number one thing besides doing all the work you in order to keep doing that work you got to believe that it will take you somewhere so these yeah. contests really help you and a lot of a lot of people too a lot of writers and artists um don't believe that they're good enough you know they're like because it's a it's a very lonely profession you're in the you're in your closet or you're in your basement or wherever you are that you do your work you're there and it's um something that you know is this good enough and so me mom or wife or husbands like, oh yeah this is this is great this is this is wonderful that doesn't they're not paying you know money for it so you got to make sure that you're um you know you got you need that vote of confidence which winning a contest like writers especially like writers of the future will provide because you know what you're up against and you know it's strictly based on merit you know so you're going to be they're competing against you know a lot of other of other uh, aspiring writers and or artists 
so it's something that you need to like it helps break you out of that shell like oh no i'm just i'm an imposter that's it gets talked about a lot i've had a lot of them on my podcast the imposter syndrome you know like okay i'm not really this famous author the next it was just a fluke you know that that i did really well here so it's um it's funny i'm i'll be interviewing uh, barbara lund uh, in a couple of weeks she was a grand prize winner of rise the future a few years ago a lovely lady and amazing author and that's um she was like oh no i'm you know she wasn't that void of confidence she, she hadn't she wrote a lot of books but then to get out there into the social media like you've got the hustle drill down moon you, you go out there and you're not afraid to go out there and and do this you know everybody look at you know you know see this and um um it's just you have to be willing to do that and if you're not willing to do that it's gonna it adds a little bit more runway to your uh success you know guarantee success if you're a good writer if you put it there won't they won't necessarily come you know field of dreams isn't it was great for a movie you know 15 years ago 20 years ago but it, it, it's not real life especially now, like i said four million authors trying to get your stuff out there you've got a lot of competition so you need something that's going to be able to uh you need a good book, but you also need to get out there and have something that's going to help you get your face and your story in front of others. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the contest is, um, and and honestly, that's the genius of L. Ron Hubbard when he saw that big names were taking up all of the atmosphere um, yeah. in all the magazines, which is the way you used to be able to break in. But suddenly magazines, in order to sell copies, they need to put big names on the covers. Right. And yeah. new writers, if they're writing and new writers tend to write longer stories, well, you know, who's going to sell more? Ray Bradbury on the cover or some unknown writer's name on the cover, you know? Yeah. And right away, you know, sorry, good story. But I got Ray Bradbury here. I got Nancy Kress here. <laughs> you know, That's I've right. got Tim exactly Powers right. here. So it was shutting out a whole bunch of people that were very good writers. And uh, Mike Resnick saw the same thing. So he he started his magazine, Galaxy's Edge, to do the exact same thing, to to give more ability for, for the newer writers to have some breathing room where people could actually see the spotlight shining down. They actually got put in and would actually get on covers and get known. So, yeah. and that's a lot of what this is. There are many good writers out there, excellent writers, but to get seen is very, very hard. And the only way you're going to get seen is if you get published. <laughs> so, how many writers? So, there's eight billion of us on the planet. How many, how many do you think that are actively writing right now? Not, not wishing they could write, but actively writing. A million, five well, there's million? Four, there's four million. Well, there's four million books uh, published a year. Oh, so that means, so that means about 12 million people writing a year at least. At oh. least. I mean, if you're getting 4 million books a year, I'm thinking maybe 20 million people are writing a year. Because I know how many people, and I've watched this. So, John, I'm going to challenge you. Rob Sawyer, I don't know where it was, but I listened to a, a video you guys did of him, and he was saying 99% of the people want to write a story. Um, and then you know, like 99% of them don't. And he was going through all of what it were, and he went out and out and out. And he said, when you finally do actually finish the story, you're like one in 10,000 yeah. or something. And it's a, it was really good to listen to him because 
everybody wants to write because we can write. Many people want to tell stories. But then to actually get to the point of actually putting words on the page was such a high percentage than actually finishing what you write was such a high percentage than finally getting published. He went through all the odds of that. It was a really good piece. I wish I knew where it was at, but if you can find yeah, that, I'm not share sure, but that. Yeah. Out. Yeah. It was, but that's it was one thing too. That's what, yeah. That's one of the reasons why we also did this online writing course too, that um, you mentioned earlier in this interview, just that it walks the person through all the way for like, well, how do I even start a story? How do I come up with an idea? How do I, you know, develop um you know in the middle and the end and because we have orson scott card tim powers and dave wolverton all three doing videos just talking directly to you they're not like talking to a group it's like am i looking at you right now talking to you is how we recorded it intentionally plus about the dozen um articles that elwin hubbard wrote to be able to help the aspiring writers so with this happening you've got um all the steps you need to take to get a, a story completed that you can actually write a story if you do it all right joe if you, if you do it all it's exactly the point if you do it all it's definitely so look i actually i actually started this i think okay you, you got a curve of seventeen thousand. let where is this oh i can do this and then i get to write and then um, it was like the second night it was the third second time i was there second night i was there and i realized i, I didn't realize how much i'd written a night before and so i'm just so then i hit the little button on the screen and it comes up uh, 21,005. I'm like, where the hell did this come from? So I was telling John when I see him next morning, I must have been channeling Elrod because I was just so every, but it's hard for me because one, I don't always get time. Two, it's not always that quiet around here. And uh, my brain has to be on whatever it is it's going to be on. So if, in order for me to really write, especially when I'm writing right now, I have to be able to like see the story. I don't know, a day, maybe two days ahead, and then I can write it out. I can't, I can't just like a lot of writers do. I just like, like a friend of mine, Nick Fern, Nick Redfern, he, you know, he goes nine to five. He gets up in the morning, nine, sits down in front of typewriter, five o'clock, he quits. They ain't a shot in hell. I can ever do that. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest about it. Now I know Dean Wesley Smith can do it too, but I, I just, I, I just, it's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, that's got to no, be whatever your, whatever your thing is, is what your thing is, you know, yes. however you write. I mean, Moon's got his schedule. A lot of every writer's got their own. It's not like, so like this from, is the from, time you write. It's not nine, nine to five, that's for sure. You no, know, for me it's like midnight to three AM, midnight to four AM. And sometimes I'll put it on my phone and then I'll send it to my computer to correct it. And because uh, you know, writing typing on a phone is a disaster for me to start off with. You know, it, it, good always turns into hood. The F word always turns into ducking. I mean, really and truly, I, this phone just does whatever the hell it wants to do. Um, it just changes words on its own. So you got to you got to kind of pay attention to what's going on. But see, I'll, I'll probably read this over the weekend, this weekend or next week. I'll probably read through it, and then uh, I'll probably try uh, to get back to what I was doing because we're gonna have a lot more free time doing December. So. I might actually get some time, sit down in front of the computer and just bang away. Or I got my yeah. laptop too. Sometimes I'll have my laptop in a bedroom and I'll just start banging away on it. That's a nice thing today. The only thing I miss, I used to have a good pad, uh, but it's gone the way of the dodo bird. So, uh, but anyway, the one that, I gave you? Yeah, that one and another one. Two of them, not just one, two pads. You lost the there. one I gave you? No, again? no, no, no. I never got that one back. Yes, you uh, did. No. I have to tell you that story. We'll, I will talk about it when we're not online, but I have to tell you, you that story. You fibbed to me. No, I didn't fib to you. Somebody I'm telling to Sarah. Me. So listen. So this. All right, I'm gonna tell you now. So so John and them had got me a really nice iPad with all of Elron's stuff on it, and I'd been going through it, reading it, and using it, and somehow I got lost. 
well, they said it was in a rental car and the guy said, no, 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 it wasn't. And I kept harassing him about it. So he said, oh, I found it. So I said, okay, I'll go over there. It's a pad and it opened up because I didn't have any codes on it or anything. So, um, you know, because it's just the one I was using. So, and the stories were there. And it was weirding me out because a lot of the stories I had been reading and watching weren't where I left off. Then I realized that most of them weren't actually there. <laughs> they were just the titles and nothing else. Some of them were there, but most of them were just not there. And since I know nothing, not, there's only one way, there's only two ways that could have happened. Either someone went in and deleted or left the titles or someone never actually put them in there. I didn't notice it for a while, though, because the, the story I was reading was actually in there. There was, I think, out of the what should have been like 3,600 or 4,000 stories, I think there was 160 that would actually. So I figured what they did was they went and bought one of the whatchamacallits from y'all and plugged it in. Not the big one with all the stuff on it, just a little one with half the stuff on or a third of the stuff on. Anyway, it was cheesy. I don't speak to this guy anymore because it was cheesy. And then I was at work one day. I had my other pad with me. And I dropped it and it got a little crack and it just pissed me off so bad. I took a hammer to it and just, <laughs> so I was like, what? No. I, said, I need, I, it was good stress relief. Let's look at it. It was only an Amazon pad anyway. I think I paid like 80 bucks for it or something. But um, I do use them a lot though. Pads are handy for me uh, because they're small enough that I can sit them down and, and just go to town on them. Laptops are right, but I've never been a laptop fan. I've either been a pad fan or a real computer fan. I like real computers. Big computers, lots of horsepower under the hood. Them kind of look. The one that's sitting next to me right there, you can see freaking <laughs> the next galaxy with that thing. <laughs> oh, that thing is beastified. It's fast as hell. Uh, what's that, Jeremy? Uh, you can get his book at any book dealership in anywhere. You can go to Barnes and Nobles, or you can go to Amazon. You can go to his home site, and I'll post his site up to the website today later today. But you can go over to all of those places and get it. Oh, it's you're also talking on the about bottom of his, I saw the bottom of his, his uh, image here, www.thesupersecrets.com. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're talking about this one, this one right here. Okay, yeah. first, first off, this one right here is getting given away during Christmas. Um, this one right now, I think, I haven't talked to Maliva, but right now I think you can still get it for, it's like 60 bucks off. I think you still get it for 125 It's 10 books. Uh, it's 158 stories and tons of artwork in it. Yes, and there's all kind of other little things in them too. But that is from 30 to 39. It's 10 years. Oh, there, there it is we right go. there. There, there, we go. We go. there it is right there. So you can see it. Uh, all you have to do to go is to the UPR on website. Yeah, that's like an awesome little it. thing there. Show me yeah, in there, it. Moon. It's, it's pretty. So, so, <laughs> so the one that we got behind me is going to get given away for Christmas. But meanwhile, yeah. you can go over. I mean, they're cheap. I mean, $125 for all those stories is ridiculously cheap, people. I mean, really and true. There's a lot of good artwork and there's a lot of great stories in there. Uh, I've awesome. been through all of these. I've read all the stories in all of these. And so y'all can go check them out. I think I'm down to like 26 now. And uh, no, that's the last one I got in the house, actually. That's one. But the most there, there, important there, one you have to see is yeah. this one. <laughs> that's the <laughs> cover for your book. <laughs> yeah, volume 35. You know what's so cool about that? I actually met Bob Eagleton. So he, this is his art, everybody. So, uh, well, lost some books. <laughs> anyway, um, that's his art. I actually met him at a Nebula Awards once, and I said, Bob, my goal has always been to get your art on the front cover of a book. I love your art. 
And he said, well, you can always talk to a publisher and see if they will pay to have an original by me. When I won Writers of the Future, guess what? <laughs> On the cover of my book was Bob Angleton's art of the one I was in. So I got another dream fulfilled by winning Writers of the Future. Yeah, so he's, he's a very excellent artist, very famous. Uh, so Jimmy, Mr. E. Now we start giving yeah. books away December 1st. We start giving lightsabers away December 2nd. So um, we got a bunch of stuff we're going to give away. I got to go through and see. Right now, currently, I got about 400 books in the house. And uh, I got to go see what we're going to give away. I don't know. I don't think I got any. I got to look and see. I know what you're talking about, but I don't think I have any of them left from last year. Um, I'll look and see. I got to go through my last year's stock and see. Now, this one behind me, the one you see up there, when the lightsaber is pointing at, that one we're giving away in, uh, in about 15 minutes. So y'all can you know, send that one. And uh, my gift to you, this is my personal lightsaber. Y'all cannot have this, and uh, but you can get these. Uh, he, uh, he's going to give away 42. Mark said he's going to give away 42 this year. And um, well, well, you know, what's interesting about this company is I thought they were out of New York City because but they have two branches in the United States. The company itself is actually out of England. Yes, I didn't know that. No, I did not know that. Uh, none of them had an accent. Well, you know, how do you know? Usually, if somebody's got an accent, I can say, Where are you from? But these guys didn't have an accent. So I think that's where the home company is. But the people who handle this are all out of the United States. Yeah. So um, he didn't tell me. He hadn't given me a list of the 42 yet, but he'll send me a list probably this weekend of which ones they're going to be. I know they're going to be some Kylo Ren's. I know there's going to be some Luke Skywalker's. I know. And it pretty much. If there was a famous Jedi person, they'll be giving away at least one of them. Yeah, I think that's why he's giving away 42 this year. And uh, so now they made a lot they of money. Jedi Joe. They need to make a Jedi Joe version. Yes, they, they have a Jedi Joe version. Actually, it's not this one either. They actually have one on the thing. It says Jedi Joe on it. And I know. <laughs> I should have bought it. I ain't buying it. Give it to me free. buying a damn thing. Do you have any ideas how much? Is, even this one, which is a cheap one, is like 200 bucks. That's an oxymoron. Nothing cheap is not two hundred dollars. Well, you know, it's a. <laughs> I guess it's true. Inexpensive. They're uh, they're they're great. They're, they're good quality lightsabers. Yeah, secret now. While we're on this subject, a secret now. Listen, y'all can hear. See, I'm beating this lightsaber. Okay, be sure. If you're just gonna hang it on a wall, you can keep the glass tube, the ones it comes with. But if you're planning on playing with it or letting your kids play with it or letting your husband play with it, make sure you get the fighter tube on it. Because if not, if I didn't have the fighter tube, I would have broke this thing at least a dozen times. Joey, my son, would have probably broke it a half dozen times. Uh, my dogs would have probably broke it three or four times. It's um, So they have the, the reason they make these is because they have contests where you can go fight with your lightsaber. Yes. Oh, yeah, y'all, you didn't know that people? Oh, yeah, they're all over the United States. And you can go get your, your lightsaber and go over there and fight with them. And you'd be out there, yes, okay, I don't want to really see that because I'll just laugh my ass off the entire time. But but uh, so we're giving this away and we're giving away books. And then um, Folgers is giving away some stuff with us. And Carnation may be giving away a trip to, uh, I think, to California. So we'll see how all that goes. Yeah, they've been with us for a while. They, well, they had contacted me a while back. They've been wanting to give away a trip for a while. They just didn't know where, California, New York. Um, so, no, I don't have any say in any of that. I'm sorry, guys. No. That's like when, uh, what was her name, Jean, says, I'll, I'll, I'll give you money and candy if you can get me 
into the contest. I said, <laughs> I said, I can send that on to Emily, but it's still not going to help you. <laughs> It's all blind judging. <laughs> I said, there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. I'm sorry, guys. There's nothing I can do for y'all. It's actually one of the purest judging systems I've ever it's seen because you send your stories in without your name on them, and it's get it gets put into a system where you're just a number, and then the first readers go through it and they send it up to the coordinating judge, and then she doesn't have any name. She's just judging purely on how good is the story. Does it grab her attention? And then. She doesn't get to, she chooses eight, and then she sends those eight off to another panel of randomly selected judges uh, for the contest, and they don't see anything either. It's still numbers. They're just choosing from the eight, rating which ones they feel are number one, two, three, and uh, then finally gets sent back to Joni Lavaki, the coordinator, and she has to actually go into the system and find out what name that number was originally signed to by the computer. So, I mean, it's a pure system of making sure there's no favoritism being shown purely right. on merit. And again, and I really this, appreciate that about the contest. This goes when back you win Writers of the Future, you actually won yeah, um, you actually by won. your ability to write a great story. By your peers. Um, but like Wolf said earlier, you need – so I've talked to these judges and the coordinating judges and everybody. So uh, you need to, when you're writing this story – those first five pages are crucial. I'm just telling you guys. I I don't even know how to explain it any better than that. You better have something on those first five pages that grabs their attention. You got to remember, there's a lot of books they have to read. It's not like they're reading just 12 books um, or looking at 12 pieces of artwork. There's a lot more than that comes in. So you've got to give them a reason to carry on to the rest of that story. I'm just being honest with y'all. See, they can't be because they got to be nice, but I don't have to be nice. So... You know, I've talked with this about the judges on a couple of occasions, and they all tell me the same thing. You, you need to, first, second, third, fourth page, there needs to be something. And I've noticed now when I read these, there is. It doesn't have to be a lot. It just has to be enough to make you over the hump to read the rest of the book. You uh, need to have the hook, and it also has to have yes. some form of science fiction or fantasy. It's got to have some speculative fiction part to it. Otherwise, it could be a great story, but if there's no science fiction or fantasy, then it, it's doesn't qualify for at least this contest. So I'm just, I'm just being honest with y'all. That way, you know, you're not, because like Will said earlier, if you start, you know, <laughs> writing out how your math's going to work <clears throat> in your first four pages, you're, you're, you're not going to win. Even if your story is great, you're just, you're just not going to win. It's, That's uh, actually in the book, that rule. Uh, I have a five page rule. I didn't come up with it. David Farland was the one that talked about in the first five pages, your character better be, established have the problem hit them and be ready to start their journey um so the inciting incident has to happen and they have to be packed up ready to go by the end of page five so that was his rule and he wrote about that in his tips that he used to do and uh, it's a really good rule to follow uh, whether you're submitting to writers of the future whether you're submitting to other magazines so what you talked about joe is exactly right i talked yeah. about that in my book yeah. and uh even on the first page uh, if there's certain tricks that you can do to make sure they'll read to the next page and then the next. And uh, I talk about that as well. And then finally, even your title. I have a whole section on title is your first hook. A rose by any other name is not just as sweet. Your title, uh, Dave used to say, David Farland, the former judge of the contest, the coordinating judge, he used to say he could tell a winner just by the title 
And he said, if it was intriguing, it almost always meant what followed was intriguing as well. And so even your title, uh, working on titles, which I talk about in my book, how to make sure that you have a title that hooks, making interesting titles that hook, because that's really where your story opens with the title. So if you can hook them right then, half your battle's over. They're already like, this is interesting. I wonder what this is going to be about. So like my title, Super Duper Moon Girl and the Amazing Moon Dawdler. I actually <laughs> sat there to get my title to, for my winner. I actually looked at a whole bunch of Nebula and Hugo winners and noticed that they all had crazy, weird, different titles, that, that, but they intrigued you and they hooked you. And I said, okay, I'm going to think up my own. I called it back then the crazy title exercise. I teach a workshop on it, but now I just call it the intriguing title exercise because you don't have to go crazy, but you do have to be intriguing. And, uh, and that's where my winner came from. I, I spent an afternoon looking at all the different titles out there. And I said, all right, what would be a good title for my story that would actually make those judges sit up and go, I want to read this. And uh, I had, started with, well, I'm going to have a girl on the moon. Let's call her Moon Girl. Well, that's not interesting enough. Let's call her Super Duper Moon Girl. Okay. And so she's going to be on the moon. She's going to wear a cape. Uh, she's going to uh, use that cape to hide her disability, to deal with that. And then it was like, okay, who's her companion? She needs something else. And I go, oh, a moon dawdler. Because my grandma made a little toy for me when I was a kid, and she called it the moon dawdler and said he lived on the moon. And so that's where I came up with moon dawdler. But that still wasn't enough. I go, let's make him the amazing Moon Doddler. And then I put it all together. Super duper Moon Girl and the amazing Moon Doddler. And I had my title. That was that was it. I mean, that's where the whole story began. And uh, the very interesting thing. Um, oh, I forget who, who announced me. Um, nuclear physicist. Uh, I can't think of his name at the moment. Anyway. Is it Greg Benford? Yeah, Gregory Benford. Yeah. So when he was introducing my story at the stage at Writers of the Future, he's, he read the title, Super Duper Moon Girl and the Amazing Moon Dawdler by Wolf Moon. Everybody laughed. Um, and it was this happy laugh, you know. And he chuckled, too. He said, the title alone makes you want to read this story. At least it does for me. And it was so cool. It's like he didn't know that was how the story began. That it was the title. <laughs> to actually catch your attention. So, so there's a tip for you from my book and from Winning Writers of the Future. That is how my winning story actually came about, was just trying to make a title that would hook the judges. And then this great story unfolded from that. So, so there's, there's a thought for you. Even think about your title, uh, because mm -hmm. that's the first thing they're going to read. And that's the last thing they're going to look at as they try to remember stories that they're selecting out from the group. So if you've got an interesting title, you go, oh, yeah, that was a good story. So Jenny, you had a lot I, of competition. Uh, I don't, Jenny, I don't know if artwork's that all that important when you're submitting your book to Writers of the Future. Is it, guys? No. Because I mean, no. they, they do a page for you, so uh, you don't really know. Yeah, the, the story itself, it, art isn't part of what you submit. You know, so, and then the, the illustrator who has a separate competition. Now we've had maybe five or six people that have won both competitions, both writer's contests and illustrator's contests over the 40 years. But you submit a story and then a separate illustrator, once your story has been selected as a winner, is assigned to one of the winning illustrators and they separately then will illustrate that story. Yes. 
Yes. Now, once once it's out on the road, it's different. I mean, covers are important once you're you're on a book stand somewhere. But uh, well, no, I've personally, and I should not admit to this, but I have personally bought books because of the cover, and then going, "What the bleep did I buy this for?" And then I bought books because of the cover that were fabulously good. So uh, I can't I can't tell you why, guys. I couldn't tell the difference to be honest. I've, I've seen some great covers on some bad books, and I've seen some great covers on some fabulous books. So I don't I don't know, but it, yeah, cover sells books. So, you know, even if I bought the crappy one, it was still making sales, wasn't it? Now, yep. wouldn't buy again from that author, but still, um, that's just one of those things. All that stuff's important. You learn all that. If you win at Writers in the Future, you learn all of that stuff. Yeah, all of that stuff you learn. And Wolf's got the book here. It'll teach you a lot of it yourself. So I would not, unless you're like a talented <laughs> artist, I would this not. This is cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, get back to what I was saying. If it measured like an outstanding author, I mean, illustrate, I would not do my own illustrations for. I don't even do my own illustrations for the radio station. I usually have somebody else do them. And um, yeah, we have somebody else do. Them. Matter of fact, I was harassing Tom Wood to do something for me in the near future. Yeah, no, he's expensive, man. Jesus, that boy's expensive. <laughs> I told him he did said, the fire dragon on the last issue, didn't he? I told, I told him, but we yeah. friends, Tom. But yeah, we friends. Yeah. <laughs> um. There's a lot of stuff going on. So probably on this show in the future, we um I've talked with Tom <coughs> with Tom Woods about this and I've talked to um um now why did his head go out of my, my brain? Oh man, I love this old guy and I can't remember his name for nothing now. Oh Larry? Yeah, Larry, Larry Elmore, Larry Elmore. So I've talked to him. I talked to April, I talked to I talked to three three illustrators and two winners. So I want to get four and four, and we're gonna have a dragon on contest. And we're gonna see who can draw the best dragon. Tom wanted in on it. I had told Tom about it. I didn't think he wanted in on it, but he said I want in on it. I said, okay. Because it all started with Larry and somebody else we were talking at night. And they were going back and forth about who had the best dragon. I said, Well, we can we can we can find out. We can do a little contest. I said, Maybe we'll do it for uh, maybe we'll do like a donation contest or something, give it to charity since it's the holidays or something. I don't know. Uh but anyway, that's up and coming too. And uh, what's that, Glinda? No, John. John's the boss. He's not an author. He's a boss. He's the boss. Yes. No. He's the boss. No. She did two boss. I didn't say that. She didn't because she can't hear me right now, so I can say that. But she number two boss. No, I ain't gonna tell her that. Hell no. Who you talking? I'm not telling her nothing like that. I'm like Justin. We love you, baby. Uh, no, she is a sweetie. She she is not mean at all. She is a sweetie pie. How how her. And Joni and the rest of them do what they do without losing their minds is beyond me. Because there's a couple of times I'd be like, you better get the bleep away from me. <laughs> but they're not. They're, they're actually very professional and very nice. Oh, I don't know. They might go to the hotel room and scream their brains out. I'm not there, so I don't know. <laughs> All I can tell you is on the floor when everything's going on. And there's a lot going on. I don't want to take it away from anything. Even when there's classes going on, there's other things going on. Me and John might be harassing people even when there's classes going on. Um, so there's just a lot to keep up with. And, you know, it's like the 24 hour story. That's always fun. Uh, those kind of things are great. There's just a lot of stuff you're going to learn and whether you're an illustrator or an author. And if you're both, well, like who's one, uh, Larry, uh, Lazarus is both. He's an illustrator and an author. That's, um, yes, that's Echo's husband. Mm -hmm. I call him Mr. Turning. <laughs> That's what I'm calling. And, uh, well, you know, Echo's the boss. Don't even think she's not. She's the boss. I don't give her no trouble either. She's a, no, she's a sweetie pie too. Uh, no, they're all great. So if, if you win, 
whether you're an illustrator or a writer, you'll get to meet all of these people. Yeah. All of them. And they're all great people. So I've never met anybody there that's, oh, excuse me, that was hard to talk to. Shit, half time they invite you to lunch with them. I'd be like, leave me alone, people. I want to go have lunch. <laughs> with them. It's a, no, it's a great group of people. It really is a great group of people. But and you got to win. connections that you make that yeah. by going to lunch with them or sitting at the bar afterwards at BarCon, just visiting with them, uh, they remember you then. And maybe they've got an anthology that's coming out and they might invite you to be in it. Or maybe you've got a book coming out and you say, hey, would you, like I did, hey, Rob, would you mind taking a look at this? And if you felt like it, giving me a, a blurb for the cover. And sure enough, I got a beautiful blurb. But mm -hmm. if I was just a stranger, there's no way Rob Sawyer would have done that, Robert nah, J. Sawyer. He, he, so, he, right. There's no reason to. Uh, hello, Anthony. I see you in the other chat. How you doing? You're in chat with us in here, huh? It's, um, it's just... There's just a lot to learn, and then Wolf will help you skip a lot of these steps. I shouldn't say skip a lot of these steps. Learn how to use these steps correctly. Um, that's just, I mean, it, it, you know, we talk about the free course on the Writers of the Futures website. So with that and this, if you can use both of those and win and uh, meet all these people, you've really shortcutted your career quite a bit. I mean, you've probably knocked out 10 years of, making yourself crazy trying to figure out something if you can do this. I mean, if if you can get there and, and, and when. I'm just going by from what I've seen. So as far as the illustrators go, I've seen quite a few of the illustrators get jobs with the judges. Authors are different, but I've even seen a couple of authors get jobs with judges. So, But there's so much out there. And you got all these gaming companies that are looking for people. Uh, and, you know, and now we got even more gaming companies. So they need storytellers. And they need people drawing and painting and everything else. Nobody's going to use that. AI sucks. It doesn't tell a good story. I have now read 11 AI stories. I ain't going to lie. And usually in the middle somewhere, it becomes jibber jabber. No, really, it becomes like jibber jabber. It's like, it's like me going, I have no idea what it was talking about. Uh, the artwork, after a while, kind of gets the same way what you got there wolf i see you sneaking something in there sneaking in there well, yeah so so here uh just recently uh, this is joshua palmatier zombie need, needs brain companies and he's a prof, uh, professional market uh Cephla approved and he does four of these a year all right so so this is edited by stephen kotowich and tony pie both of these are writers of the future winners. Steven actually won the grand prize that we were talking about, the $5,000 prize. And uh, guess what? When when Steven uh, was putting this together, he messaged me and he said, hey, Moon, I'm, I'm nervous. You know, there's another one called Dragon something. And he goes, I'm nervous. I won't get enough submissions. Can you talk to, you know, your people about submitting to this? And I said, sure. And so I went to my writing group and the Wolfpack writers, and I made a challenge for them. I said, we're all going to submit stories to this. Who's committing? And that's part of that challenge, that commitment thing. So we all all did. And myself and David Hankins that I already talked to you about both got submitted, got got published in this out, out of all of that. And, uh, and then everybody else had wonderful stories to send elsewhere too. But again, why did Stephen contact me because I was a Rise of the Future winner. We, he knew me and he said, hey, I'm doing this and I, I know you've got a lot of writers with you and would you mind uh, encouraging them to submit to my anthology? These are those connections that we're talking about that happen because you win the contest. You know, as 
as different members rise up in the field and become editors and and put together anthologies, they're going to, you're kind of in a club because uh, we all know how hard it was to win the contest, but you also know whoever won that contest deserved to be there yeah. and that their writing is good enough that you could invite them uh, into your anthology and get quality work. So, so that's just another beautiful thing. More opportunities happen, you know, because of people you know, because of winning the contest. And this is just another example. So I got in this, not, I mean, I was already planning on entering the contest, but for sure when the editor said, I need more stories, you bet I wrote a story for him. <laughs> so, And so did everybody else in my group. So, um, and two of us got in because of that connection. So, so it creates a new network for you that you wouldn't have had on your own. And... It, it actually stamps you as a professional writer. So it certifies that what you're producing is at a professional level, level. And that's really important because when people are putting together anthologies, a lot of times they don't have the time to open up as much to newer writers because it's a lot of extra work and they have to hire people to actually read a thousand manuscripts to decide which ones go in. So again, Writers of the Future makes a lot of things happen that you wouldn't normally have happened for you just because of those connections and uh, being part of you know the alumni that actually win so yeah uh jenny stephanie you mean this show um since you don't know carmen you will have to submit to me at icar at cox.net if you know jeffrey pritchard you can submit to him as well um uh, uh it it's you, you have to submit now because uh, you know i'll be talking with carmen so we'll be this show is going to book up really fast um no, you have to be a published author. You mean you don't have a book out yet and you want to you want to introduce your book. You know what? Send me the information on it and I'll give it to one of our readers and, and they can tell me. But you, generally it's going to be published authors or published illustrators because there's a lot of y'all out there that, you know, we're just trying to give everybody an uplifting hand is all we're doing. Whether right. it's one listener or five, because we don't even know, John and I were talking this earlier, we don't even know what the listenership of this show is going to be yet. It might be five listeners, it might be 500,000. I know it'll be featured in the featured category, so I know there'll be at least 200,000 going to get to it sooner or later. But um, but no, yeah, just submit uh, icar at cox.net, that's I-C-A-R at cox.net, and you can submit. Uh, judging from the way I just read that, you look like you might need this book in front of me here, How to Write a Howling Good Story. Uh, you seem to be very nervous in the way you're writing in the chat group, so you, you might, you might want to give it a, a listen to Renice, no, you can use. I, I keep telling y'all this every week. I know you get. We could finally some of y'all started using the chat in the other room last week. We have one, two, three, four, five Facebook pages you can use. You can also use uh, two YouTube, the Twitter, and Roku. Well, you can't chat on Roku, but you can use everybody else. And starting next week, sometime I don't know exact date, but sometimes Prime will be part of the station. So yeah, we'll be able to pick someone Prime. I haven't. And y'all can write into this. I haven't decided uh, what I'm going to name this the prime station. Is it going to be United Public TV or is it going to be UFO Paranormal TV? So if you got any pre preferences, write to me at icarcox.net. Uh, I'm leaning towards the United Public, but, you know, we'll see. I still haven't, haven't talked with my station manager yet. And she's got a lot of uh, pull there how this is going to go. Huh? No, she already said she's going to beat John up. I don't know what John did. Or she said, I'm going to bust him up. I was like, damn, don't be hurting John. Now leave him alone. No, it's uh, Michelle DeRoche is the station man. She hosts the Outer Realm on two nights. She's yeah. a sweetheart. She didn't say that. 
She's, she's stopped saying those things. She about is evil. She, she is, is an evil. Sweetheart. She is evil. Y'all just don't know. We get we get close. To I love she Michelle. Is, she, she is, is evil. No, she's she's a great manager. She's uh almost got this side of the station full, so we might be a split coming up real soon. But that's when we do that, I'll let everybody know. Well, it'll be strictly UFO Paranormal Radio and strictly United Public Radio, and those shows that go into each category will be there. Right now, we're mixed. Uh, and both stations are together and all the shows are mixed together, a variety section, whatever we're doing is there. So you can go see them, but more than likely here in the near future shows like this one in John's and news on the flip side and some of the, you know, help yourself shows and all will probably get moved to the other network. Just, just a heads up. I would say before summer, um, I go to visit them in April. It might even be done before then. It would be nice to debut while we're out there. Um, yes. And speaking of that, I would talk with Carmen yesterday. Carmen, y'all don't, none of y'all know who Carmen is. John does. And I do. And then, and Wolf does, but the rest of y'all don't. But Carmen does a lot of booking for us. John hooked me up with him. And he does a lot of booking. So, uh, we're going to be booking sometimes starting right after the first year. Um, and I, I, I know he said he had to clear all this, but we're going to be booking some of the winners from this year ahead of time before the contest, before we actually go to the contest. I think, I think we settled on four and four is what we settled on four four winners and four of each four of the winners from each side more than likely the kind of the main winners anyway that's that's not here now no they'll be on this show right here no they'll this is the show they'll air on yes this show right here is the show they air on so just so y'all know ahead on so yes yeah, guess afternoon. what joe yeah. three of those winners are from my full wolfpack writers group so. oh see we'll have to be talking about that too you see how this is going to work out um justin Go to writersofthefuture.com and all the rules are right there. It's under 17,000 yeah. words. Uh, you, Yes. No, everything's there. And there's also a free course you can take there. There's some great judges on there. I've taken a damn thing three times. I just can't seem to get the thing written out. <laughs> anyway, no, it's not that it's hard. No, 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 no. Don't take it like that. It's not really actually the way it was put together is it, it functions quite well. And they got the videos so you can sit and listen. Uh, it's really it's really an easy course to use and really does help you to learn a lot of things. It's just at the end, you got to write this little, and I'm just refusing <laughs> to do it. It's protest, people. It's a protest. Uh, but I would, I would if, if you're a serious writer, I would get this book and I would go over there and take that course. And I think that would knock a good four or five years off of you having to learn stuff. Uh, and then when you get there, you can probably knock another good four or five years off your career by paying attention to what all these judges are teaching you. I'm telling you guys, I learned a lot, uh, a lot of different things, a lot of different ways to get through problems. Uh, there's a lot of problem solving there. And you know what? There's more than that. Like uh, a couple of times, Dean liked to get up there and explain, you know, the the financial side of this. Um, so there's, there's just a lot of information that you can take in and really come out a better author or a better illustrator for that matter. Well, I don't want to leave the illustrators out because the echo might smack me or something. So <laughs> I got to stay on her good side. But really and truly, you can really, really, really save yourself some time. Like I said, I'm going to read it this weekend because I'm kind of stuck on something I'm doing right now. So this will probably give me a, little, a couple of ideas. Matter of fact, I went through, what was it, Monday, I went back through the Writers of the Futures course because I wanted to see. Uh, I, I just, I'm in a spot where I need to. It's a type of transition I need to do, and I'm not quite sure how to do it. And I've been going back through my head of all the stuff I've been hearing the, the judges talk talk about. No, we're not allowed to record any of it. Sorry, guys. No. Video? No, no. You can see the pictures. That's all you're going to get. You're not going to get any video record other than when they do like the um, – when they show the artwork, the, the reveals. So reveals you'll see on video. 
but you're not going to he really hear anything. And any other than that, the courses are no. We don't video or audio. We just take pictures. Because the idea is you got to win to get there to learn. We just cheating if we do it the other way. God, y'all are, y'all are ornery tonight. Now, y'all just ornery. I can just tell. No, it's called cheating. Win the contest and go. Uh, just win it. Wait, what? No, if you win from here, I want I want half. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just teasing. Um, again, submit, submit, submit. What do you mean, how do you get in Wolf's Wolf Pack? You got to earn that shit. He don't just give that out. Well, I have a, a Patreon now, so I, I haven't all this time. So uh, I was doing all this for free, but it's grown. I mean, I have 160 members in the group now, and every single day I'm there helping them. And it's consumed so much time that I actually have had to make it a subscription membership now. So that's Patreon uh, for patreon.com forward slash wolfmoon, W-U-L-F, wolfmoon. And I just started this a month ago and I've got like 60 Patreon members now. Um, so if you want extra help, uh, there's a place where you can go and, and get extra help where I'm actually tutoring people. So uh, it's just grown so big that uh, I've had to say, okay, my wife actually has been on me. She's like, you can't keep doing all this for free for everybody. Oh, that's Your true. career has to take off now. And uh, and that was the point of my winning the contest. I always said, once I win that contest, I know I'll be ready to write my novels. And I've got 80,000 word novels sitting here waiting to, you know, just wrap well, up. I, I feel you for you. Yeah. My wife, my wife told me the same damn thing. Stop giving everything away for free. And, uh, uh, Danino, um, no, you gotta win. That's all I can tell you. You gotta win. There's nothing else I can tell you. You, you but just there are gotta things win. You can do to make it happen faster for you. So, okay. the Writers of Future Workshop, mm-hmm. I'm surprised so many people haven't taken that. Um, and then you know, like my book right now will help you because I, I sat with everybody and looked at all their manuscripts and said, Here's what you need to work on. You know, everybody in my workshop got free critiques from me, free edits. Um, and so, and they started winning because I actually could tell them you're doing this wrong. And once you see that, when somebody that's ahead of you actually says, this has to be changed because this will always hold you back. And if you can get that, cause we're blind to our own weaknesses. And so if you can have somebody say, look, you can't do a 15 page opening talking about all the history of your alien race. It's not interesting. Sorry. And you got to say it nice, but you still have to tell people this isn't going to, this isn't an exciting story. And uh, you've got to be able, uh, like Margaret Atwood said, the number one rule in writing is hold my attention. And that's what you've got to be able to do right from the start, right from the get go. That's and true. so, uh, so many writers don't get that. They, they think they've got to stuff all this backstory in there and they takes too long to get to the actual story and they lose, they won't even get past the first readers. So, and that's so, yeah, and the course that we did is really, is really good for somebody. We've got 8,500 people that have, that have taken the course or are working on it right now. So it's been a very successful uh, course. It's free. And that's, that helps a whole lot. I mean, that's, that's what, everything we that you see on Rise to Future are common is free. The entering the contest is free. The podcast is free. The blog is free. The forum in the online writing course is, is all free for anybody that wants to be able to to uh, improve their, their game, whether they're writers or artists. So we definitely have that to be able to assist anybody, you know, the the uh, 
The original intention created by Warren Hubbard was to provide that means for the aspiring writer or artist to be seen and, and acknowledged, which is what we do. And then from there, it's it's in your court to be able to take it and run with it. Like what Wolf Moon is doing, he's definitely taking it and he's taking it to a new level. And he's, he's, he's earlier on got this concept of paying forward while he's also working on building his own forward thrust. Well, God, and see, that's the other thing, guys. When you when you get famous or you get out there, you can come back and help everybody else to do the same thing you're doing. Yeah, it's because yeah. um, that's the only way y'all are gonna make it. Especially now, there's a lot of competition. You got to come, got to compete with AI now. You got to compete with all the all these authors out there, all these other people. And uh, what do you mean, child children's book? I have, you know, I do know like four people who are writing children's books, but I know absolutely nothing. And, and to Deneen, don't ever ask me for writing advice. You're wasting your time. Um, I'm just telling you, right to write is it a future? I had a, I had a podcast this one with Brandon Mull. Uh, he writes he writes children and young adult books. Yeah, very very successful. He's he's major successful author, and um, so that that podcast just went up. But I'm I'm gonna have to leave in about yeah, five you, minutes. Five you got to get because I've got the, I've got the pray to get back to you. But if anybody has any questions, please ask them while I'm while I'm still y'all got here. Anything, y'all got anything for John before the boss lady comes and gets him? No, I don't want to see him getting drug out. We got to let him go because she'll come snatch his ass out of there. No, we don't want to see him getting abused. No, we don't want to see that. We, we she, she can be abusive, so we don't want to see that. Plus, yeah, I bought her a sword, so she might. Yeah. She's got weapons. One thing I do want to say about John, uh, go to writersofthefuture.com and go to podcasts and start listening to his podcast. He, he interviews the best in the industry and not just writers. He does. It's publishers and everything, and it's an excellent podcast. You'll learn so much about what you need to do, how you need to get there, and everyone's telling you how they got there. This is the most important information an aspiring writer can have, is hearing people's stories of what they did and their insecurities they had in the beginning and what their first breaks were. So listen to his podcast. I I try to listen to every single one because it's my way, I call it continuing education, and you learn from all the best in the field. You know, yeah, yes, how you often do. do you get to actually have the best in the field tell you what they did to become successful? So, so if you can copy you. any of that, it's going to help. So the 14th email who can tell me how many times that it took Wolf to, to submit before he won. So the 14th email, whoever can tell me how many times it took him to, to, to win, I will give you. Oh, that's that one behind me because this is mine right here. It's uh, I will send it out to you uh, this week. So anybody, y'all just, y'all just go. We talked about this earlier. So it's a 14th person, remember, who, who writes to me. Green, why am I giggling? Because if, if y'all ain't caught it yet, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, anyway, I see emails coming in wrong, wrong, wrong. No, 41 times. What are you on, crack? 41 times. I only know no, one person. The one that said the most entries was entered 47 times. And he's your one of your hosts. Yeah, he's one of our hosts on Monday night. Uh, Preston Dennett. Yeah, and Preston's got Preston got all kind of books as credit. Well, hey guys, you got to work. Well, forty sometimes. I mean, remember it's four times a year though. Okay, yeah, that's over a decade. Uh, still, what's we are? Come on, we're coming up to number fourteen fast, and nobody's. Got, yeah, I cannot believe y'all have not gotten this right. Oh, that's right. Number eleven's right. Number twelve's right. Number thirteen's wrong. Number fourteen. Stephanie Wells, did you get it right? And you got it right. Yes. Uh, so send me your address to this email address, uh, and probably Monday I will send it out. Yes, you'll get it however long it takes. Where are you? Unless you're like in Canada. Last time I had a winner, she won five books in Canada. Lord have mercy. Them damn writers of future books are heavy. 
<laughs> I think it was a hundred. Congratulations, by the yes. way. Yes. And so, I actually signed it. Congratulations, you're a winner. So you actually yes, did there you go. Program. So it'll, uh, like I said, it's going to be right here until then because we've got a couple other shows that will get aired and get the scene. But uh, Monday it will go out. Now just be sure you, yeah, just be sure you write to that email. And for those of you that missed it, you can get it on Amazon Kindle for $9.99 if you want it in an EPUB. So put it on your Kindles and, and, or anywhere and, else. And Sarah Housling, the reason I was laughing is because I told you to answer when I said the 14th person. <laughs> anyway, we're going to let it he go. gave it away. <laughs> I told you I was. He was helping was. as much. Joe was helping as much. I don't know. Better. I mean, you can't get much better than that. Anyway, we got, we got to get out of here in a few minutes. We got to let John go because he's got to get back to work. Uh, for everybody out in L.A., I hope you all enjoy the parade tomorrow. Um, we know we got a pretty good listening audience out in L.A., so have fun out there. Don't harass the boss. I was talking about this boss, the other boss. You're not going to harass. I'm not going to worry about that. <laughs> so, uh, I hope, John, I hope y'all have a good time out there tomorrow. I know y'all going to be working, but have, have some fun. You know, work and fun can be together. It will be. As soon as the parade's over, we'll, we'll, we'll start the fun part. We'll start the fun part. We're just last, yeah, we're just getting ready for those. There's other international political things happening right now, so we're trying to gear up for that too to make sure that that <sighs> doesn't get in the way of this. No, God, I can only imagine there's so much bully ass going on right now around our country. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, you know, you're going to ask me that on Friday to who's going to be the next president. Yeah. I talked about it this past Friday. Yeah. You can go listen to that show and you talk about it. What are you saying? Good to see you, John. Okay. Thank you very much, good. Joe. And good seeing you again, Moon. Good, boss. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get in touch with you next or sometime later in the week. Uh, I know okay, you're busy, you. busy. Hey, baby, I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you. Okay, right. bye bye. Okay. That was John Greenwood. John, I did it again. John Goodman <laughs> from Galaxy Press. Um, yes, he's at Galaxy Press. It's uh, galaxypress.com. It's an easy one. It's like risefuture.com, galaxypress.com. You can go to either one, click, 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 and hang out. Hoo, 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 hoo. No, I'm not giving my book away. Y'all on y'all. Maybe after I read it, no, it's signed, so I won't give it away. It'll go in the library. <laughs> Well, remember, guys, I'm still re recovering our library from Katrina. We lost, I don't know, between two and 4,000 books. Nobody knows exactly how many. And the bitch part is they didn't get wet, but there was so much moisture in my house, they all swole and ruined their cells. So a book this thick was literally like this. And they swole so much, they blew the sides off of my uh, off of my shelves and stuff all and fell all over the place. I only got that much water in my house from Katrina. I was really lucky. But it was enough to um, make everything swell up. Yeah, we lost a lot of books. I've been collecting books for, oh, Jesus, 40 years. I had a lot of them. And we used to do like a mini Linden library for people who were into paranormal and ufology stuff. So, uh, yeah, you could bring one. To bring, you know how you see the little libraries in front of the house? We just had a whole kitchen full. Yeah, that's all. It was only different. Um, it's out. You can get it now. Yeah, you can go buy the book now. No, no, it's, it's out, right, Wolf? Yeah, all you have to do. Go to Amazon.com, punch in how to write a Holland Good story. It'll pop right up. You can order it immediately. It'll be downloaded immediately as an EPUB, uh, Kindle. Uh, you're set to go. If you want to get the book itself, uh, print book is $24.99. And the hardcover that I showed you, that is $34.99. So yeah, that's good all available, too. all ready to go. Yeah, and it's 100,000 words. Uh, 36 chapters so it's a big book you'll have a lot of good reading and it's fun everybody that's read it said it's fun and i felt like i was sitting with you uh, like we were just having a chat together and that's the way i designed the book to be so if it's fun you'll read it 
and uh, that's well, just that's my teaching style: how to make yeah. you smile, how to make you laugh, but get the point so that you'll learn it and be able to use it in the future. Oh, you mean Helen? In my right, yeah, I'd recommend Wolf. Wolf, I, I've Wolf, Wolf has his own personal following. I've talked to too many of them; they've all gotten good information out of. Well, I've talked to Wolf on several occasions, but I've also talked to other 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 people who know him and people from the pack themselves because I've done interviews with him. Yeah, he's he's a great he's a great mentor. You just got to get there to get mentored is all I can tell you. He ain't going to – I'm telling you all now, and I'm not even going to ask him this. He's not going to put a bunch of foolishness and, and a bunch of stupidity. It don't matter if you're paying him or not. Don't act like an idiot. I'm only saying that because it seems like people in America lately have been in this how stupid can I be mood. And uh, so, I, look, I don't know what it is. I watch people on the highway driving on the side of the roads. They're not drunk or anything. They're not half time. They're not even looking at their cell phone. They're just driving off the side of the road. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Cranky people all over the place. No, I'm not cranky. I like being peace, love, and light. I like being happy. When people tell me, oh, uh, how are we going to save the planet? We're not saving the planet. We're saving ourselves, you dumb fools. The planet's going to be here whether we die or not. Uh, we could nuke it tomorrow. It'll still be here. And then, you know what? In a couple hundred thousand years, it'll be a nice, pretty planet again, and we'll all be gone. Stop saying you're going to save the planet. Start saying you're going to save mankind. <clears throat> and the only way you can save mankind is to make the planet healthier. Yes, I know, so, I know. To answer her question, you have to have the desire. So you have to want to share your stories with others. But then you also have to do the work. You can't, you can't become a master at something without actually mastering it. And uh, the only thing that can help speed it up, of course, is if you have somebody that's done it and can explain to you how to get there faster by doing smart practice. That's what I call it. Uh, the smart practice is going to knock, like Joe's been talking about, it'll knock years off your learning curve because you actually have a master guiding you. That's that's the whole point. You know, I, I, I talk about writers of the future is like winning the Olympics. Um, it's amateur athletes winning the Olympics. But what do all the Olympics do? They go and hire somebody that won the Olympics to be the coach to help their team win. Um, it, it, these people know if we get somebody that's done it, they can teach our people how to get a gold medal too. So it's pretty simple. And yeah. uh, why just sit there, ski, you know, ice skating all alone, thinking you're going to become an Olympic skater when you could actually get on a team and have someone that won the gold medal say, uh, Here's how you do a triple lutz. I'm going to show you again. Now tighten up. You got to keep those skis to get your skates together. You know, so that these teams that are really dedicated to getting their people to the top of their field, they know what they need to do. So you have to think smart. How do I get there faster? Because you can just give out when you're just doing it on your own. Yeah. And a lot of writers do. They just give up because it's <clears throat> hard on your own. No, so you know, get a team. Get your own wolf pack, whatever they might be, and get somebody, if you're fortunate, get a mentor that will help guide you so you can get there quicker mm -hmm. by the mentor sharing with you what they know. And, you and know. it's going to speed up the process for you. And that's all this book is. I boiled down everything I taught my writers that were winning Writers of Future right and left. I boiled it all down, put it in a book for you. So that's all it is. It's me showing you, here's what I did, and here's what all these other writers did, and here's the things I saw they were doing wrong. And hopefully you can see that too and fix it. If you fix it, you're going to go ahead. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and thinking it's going to change anything and you haven't won with that before, nothing's going to change. So it's not, it's not 
rocket science, but it is being smart about how, you know, not just wishing, but actually doing to make our career happen. And you have to be proactive and say, I want this and I'm willing to invest in my future and do what I can to make this happen. And I'm going to make it happen. That's, that's most of the battle. Um, probably 90, 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. As <laughs> Edison said. That's true though. Um, what do you mean? Oh no, he's, he, oh you, oh, you mean when he said his writers, cause he's got quite a few writers uh, that have, he's, he's worked with and quite a few of them have won the contest. Yeah, it, does so it. It, it tells you right there. He's, he's giving you the good information because they're winning. Um, no, it's not because he knows anybody because that's not going to help him. It, it, it doesn't matter. We know everybody over there. We know all the judges, all the workers, everybody. It's not going to help you that we know anybody. I'm just telling you ahead of time. It doesn't help. Well, what does help to... is writing a story that is professionally written that nobody has seen before. Um, that's going to help. So it's going to bring you to the top because most people that write haven't hone their craft enough that it will rise to the top. And then even when you get to the top, it still has to be unique and interesting so that it will actually uh, rise above. The cream rises to the top. So it's got to have special things that will make it edge out other stories that don't have those special things. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where really focusing is going to help you win and launch your career. And not just in writers of the future, selling to other magazines and it's not the only place to build your career, but it's a great place for an aspiring writer to build their career. Um, so. Carolyn, no, any, any, okay, Carolyn, any, any previous guests like Wolf, any host, any author like that, if they want to come host a, a show or, or host more than one on this particular series, we're talking about authors on the author's quill, they can. And for you, you would have to go through Stephanie because she'd have to go ahead and say uh, who you are. Um, all the hosts and either, either the hosts come from our network or they come from the group of people we know outside of the network, different, different illustrators, different authors, because sometimes they have something they might want to, you know, just recently, uh, uh, a writer wanted to, he wanted to, one of the authors wanted to interview one of the winners for some reason. I don't know why. So they, they just did it the other day. And, uh, but that, that's, we leave all that open for everybody. Because we want people to learn. I want y'all, again, I'm going to say this again before we leave. I want y'all to learn. I, I want to see fresh. And, I mean, really, when you look at what's out there, I mean, Dune, the second part of Dune's coming out this year or next year, right? Yeah, next year. Yeah. And um, so it's coming out. It, it looks like it's going to be pretty good. I, I met the writers and the, and the producers at the gala, was it last year? Year before last, I think it was. And uh, yeah, because they premiered the first one there. And um it looks like it's going to be pretty good. They didn't go crazy uh, off of the, what the movie was like. Yeah, sometimes when you see a remake, they just add all kind of shit that shouldn't be in the movie. Or they try to go back to the book and pull from the book, but that doesn't always work on a big screen. So you, you got to have a happy balance. So far, Dune's been good. I enjoyed it. I'm always going to be a big fan of the first Dune. Uh, you know, to me, it's just a classic. It's got a lot of actors in it I personally like. Uh, so it's it's just going to be. I'm, I, I'm not going to say if it's better than this one or not. I have to wait and see. Part two, uh, part two was pretty. Part one was pretty good, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Oh, you did some other dunes that I didn't like. I'm just. I'm gonna be honest with y'all, but uh, well, it's, it, let me rephrase. It's not that I didn't like them. Like in one of them, they changed the uh, the they changed the way the uh, the navigators looked, uh, which I mean, 
I guess it's okay, but I didn't like the way the new ones looked, so I wasn't real happy. Uh, just stupid little things, but you know, it's how it is when you watch um, the, the way the Sci-Fi Channel did a good Dune series. I really like. Yeah, the they they channel. they did a pretty good Dune series, and I like sometimes they do the Empress good sometimes, and sometimes they don't. So, and in different Dunes, the Empress plays different roles. You know, um, like when you did the Children of Dune, she was married and and was hanging out with the sister and stuff like that. So. It's just different stuff. It just, I mean, you know, Dune's a nice series. It's got a lot of good stuff in it. You mean Jean Luc Picard when he says, I go walk in a desert like a wild ass? <laughs> so sorry. That's still stuck in my head all these years later. Uh, I, I, I liked it. it. Well, Sting was in the original Dune. Yep. Picard was in the original. There was a lot of big names in the original Dune. People just didn't realize it until later on. I think he was Gurney Halleck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, well, I mean, it's worth watching. But getting back to what Wolf and I were talking about, so we got to get out of here in a minute. Write, people. Write, 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 write. Turn in stories. Write. And like Wolf said, write a fresh story each time. Don't. I mean, unless you get something back from one of the judges said, hey, why don't you do this, this, and this to this story and resubmit it? Then, okay, resubmit it. But if not, resubmit a fresh story. You got a better chance of winning. Yeah, I'm. I just listen to what the judges tell me because when I do interviews with them, I ask these questions, and these are the things they tell me. So if I was y'all, that's the way I would do it. Uh, Can I share I, a quote? Quote with get, your audience. Get away. Get it out oh. there, baby. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and really, the book is designed to help you write professional stories, whether you're sending the writers of the future or anywhere else, stories that will sell. Um. And that's what's happened. I, here's a quote from Lou J. Berger, uh, who was in my Wolfpack Writers. He'd taken one of my classes. He said, for years, I've been sending my stories to Clark's World, a premier speculative fiction magazine, only to get a very quick no thanks from Neo. Then Wolf Moon taught me the importance of putting the protagonist's heart's desire up front on the first page. And I made sure to include that in my latest story. What do you know? Neil bought the story. Thank you, Wolf. Your teachings have taken my career to a whole new level. Now, if quote went on, I didn't put all of that in the book, but uh, he then went back and re-examined one of his older stories and that he had sent to Fantasy and Science Fiction Magazine, one of the premier fantasy science fiction magazines in the country. And he applied that same principle I taught in my workshop, and it's in this book. There's a whole chapter on Heart's Desire, one of the most important things I teach. And... Uh, he applied that to the a story they had rejected from other editors. Well, they had a new editor now, and he, he applied that to it, sent it in, and he sold that story to fantasy, fantasy and science fiction. That's the difference so, between knowing what you're doing and not knowing what you're doing. Exactly. And, and I tell and you, he's been sending people. them for years, but no sales. So just that one thing, that one tweak that he learned from what's in this book, what was in my master class. That one thing changed everything for him. And now he's got a major professional career. You sell to those magazines, people know you. So they just do. like and, they know you when you win Writers of the Future. So, and, and, so you know, and we talk about Writers of the Future a lot, but I, I tell people all the time, there's so many places you can submit, sorry guys, uh, and really get, you know, you, you, I would submit to Writers of the Future, but I would submit to all the contests. I wouldn't just submit to one, I'd submit to all of them. Um, and you know, if, if Writers of the Future comes back with your story and says, "Hey, honorable mention or, or special mention or whatever," you can take that same story and move it and try it somewhere else, or maybe adjust it a little bit. Like Wolf was just saying, I mean, guys, you don't know if you don't submit anything, you can't win anything. You can't get anything purchased. You can't win anything. You have to submit. 
And I've won 40 writing contests in my life, uh, over 40 actually, uh, including uh, Best Author in the Critters Reader's Choice Awards for the last four years, Best Writing Workshop in the Critters Reader's Choice Awards for the last four years, um, Best, uh, I've won Best Science Fiction Fantasy Story three years, uh, three separate years. So I know a lot about this, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's the point. Um, uh, from 15 years old when I won the National Scholastic Art and Writing Awards. And then I was published. Um, I sold that story then to Science World, 500,000 copies an issue when I was 15 years old. So I've been winning contests for a long time. And, and I explained to you how to do it in my book. And when you win big contests, people notice. It stamps mm -hmm. you with a, an approval. And you put it in your cover letters when you send your stuff out. And you'll go right... When they see that, they'll they'll immediately send you up to the editor instead of the first reader stopping and saying, nope, I'm not going to send this on. And you got to get past those gatekeepers. The editors are really busy people. And you have to write something phenomenal so that they go, I have to send this to the editor. He's got to decide if we should buy this, but I think we should. So that's your problem. You've got to get past them. Learning the super secrets to do that will accelerate that so that you don't get shut out when you send your stories out. Um, whether it's to Writers of the Future, whether it's to FNSF Magazine, whether it's to Analog, Science World, um, Ellery Queen, uh, you name it. Um, you have to have a story that will get attention and writing professionally and learning these secrets are what are going to help you get past those gatekeepers. And then when the editors see this is truly unique, uh, you can actually get into their magazines and start making your career happen. So, or win writers of the future and they'll help you make your career happen. So uh, whatever it takes, but it takes a lot of work and doing smart work is going to get you there faster. It'll cut years off of your time or you can throw them out against the wall and see what sticks your choice. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. You know, it's like, uh, it's like pasta al dente, you know, you throw it against the wall people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, don't even ask you what al dente make. Uh, how you must be young if you don't know what that means. You what forty? What and you don't know what al dente? You wait, wait. Okay, you must, you've never cooked pasta before. Okay, well, hey, look, I don't know. Not everybody eats pasta, so I'm not hating. I, you know, I'm half Italian, so I, I eat pasta. My wife's half Italian, so we eat pasta from time to time. I'm fixing to eat some chihuahuas in a minute here, though. Uh, that's my daughter just came in. But we got to get out of here, guys. Remember, you can catch Wolf. You know, uh, Give him an email right quick so they can find you an email before we roll out of here. Okay. So when you look things up, I'm W-U-L-F, Wolf Moon. And it's thesupersecrets.com, www.thesupersecrets.com. And uh, also my Patreon, if you want to look up how to get in the Wolfpack Writers or get some extra help. Uh, patreon.com and then forward slash wolf moon just like you see spelled there so you can check out that too and i know somebody's saying well when can we get the book it's out now <laughs> you, can, you can click right now on amazon type in how to write a howling good story and it'll come right up and uh, you can order it right now and start reading today it's for 9.99 um or if you want to print copy it'll be here in a couple days so uh why not why, why keep talking about what you want to do. Why not get started? And that's what this book is all about, how to help you not just get started, but stay the course. And those that stay the course win. Those that stay the course become published writers. Those that stay the course 
build careers. And many of my writers have built careers and uh, now have professional writing careers. And you can do the same. You just have to do the work and get help that will help you get there faster by doing smart practice. So that's what it's all about. That's what the super and, secrets and are all about. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, this is a good shortcut, guys. Uh, it's a good way of helping you to to move to the next level of writing. It just check it out, you know. Well, I would keep it. Well, you saying read it and give it to your kid, but I, I would just keep it because you're gonna you're gonna go back to this book for a while as you're going through it. Oh yeah, you're gonna go back to it as you, as you're writing, especially if you're a beginner writer. You're definitely gonna do a lot of going back and forth through the book. You know, only even a professional could use this book. So this is a lot to lot to learn. Uh, no, somebody already won that one. It's going to be going out. I forgot her name already, but it'll be in my email. Uh, but that one's already going out. No, um, hook up with Wolf. Buy the thing. It's not even expensive. People, it's, it's, it's a good price for, especially this time of year. It's, uh, and you can find it everywhere. Yeah. So, Amazon Kindle, pop it up there right away and just type in how to write a howling good story. It'll show yeah. up right now. You got it in two seconds. And uh, I think ready to go. I have an alien just entered the room with this. Oh, it's leaving. Okay. Uh, I I have an alien that lives with me. People don't worry about it. She's, she's a little bit cranky, but you know, we, we still love the alien and at least she looks like an alien, but guys and girls, we got to get out of, out of here. I hope everybody enjoyed the author's quill tonight. It's an, it's a new show in the network. It's brand spanking new. It's multi host. Thank you for having me on your new show. That was to be the first guest is quite a privilege. Thank you so much. Wolf is the first guest tonight. And, uh, no, it's, it's multi-hosted, meaning that not that you're going to see more than one host in one night, but a lot of times, like you'll see John every six weeks. You'll see me every six, might even be every eight weeks as we add host. And uh, with Jeffrey on it, just different people. You, you'll see from some writers from time to time come guest hosts and stuff like that. So it's it's just what it's for. Occasionally we'll throw in some illustrators in, in the mix, but it's really to give them, to give the authors a real place because they have writers on the Futures on Mondays, which is nice, but John's doing something a little bit different than what we're doing here. And um, I can't really have him on UFO on the cover because too many of my UFO on the cover guests bitch. I mean, uh, listeners bitch. I'll start getting emails by the hundreds. Well, that had nothing to do with UFOs, Joe. You know, Joe, I don't see no aliens there. So it's just, it's just, and the news thing, I don't mind having y'all on a news program, but I'm always scared um, that if we have y'all on second, uh, after the first wave of news, it could do damage because uh, we talk about some hostile things sometimes. I mean, shit. Except, and, yeah, you know, so, uh, so we like to have y'all on Friday. Next Friday, I've heard I'll be back on News yes, on the Flipside. Yes, you'll be on News on the Flipside because it's a much bigger oh, come audience. Come on back. I'll, so, I'll uh, give you some more tips. Last Friday, we did 1.75 million on the show. So, a nice audience. Nice worldwide audience is what it's nice. Uh, no, guys, Wolf's going to be with us for the first hour, hour and a half. We want him to come on. We're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about how you get this all started. Uh, uh, my, my, an author or two might join us uh, doing this show. Uh, matter of fact, the show before me is uh, hosted by an author, and both our Sunday shows are hosted by authors. No, these are published authors, both p- published enough that they can't be on uh, Writers of the Future. Um, no, they're not rich book. No, Jeff's books are on Bigfoot. I, I, two or three books on Bigfoot. I don't know. I haven't read them. And Jenny and them books are on different things. And uh, Martha's, I mean, uh, Lorenz's books are on how to have a better life. Yeah, you know, like how not to slap your husband when he aggravates you, stuff like that. It's uh, they're just different things, but they're all, they're all different types of authors. And, um, and then we have, uh, um, 
a political author on the network as well. So I stay away from him because he aggravates me. Um, well, I'm a centrist. So being a centrist makes my life different. I got friends that are liberals and I got friends that are conservatives. And every once in a while, one of my liberalist crazy friends or one of my really crazy conservative friends say something stupid and I got to give him hell about it. Um, but, you know, I like being in the middle because that's where I'm actually. I'm, that's just where I am. My politics tend to stay in the middle because I like to be there. Um, because I can't go far left. and f- I can go right or left if, as long as it's close to the center. I just can't do that. Oh, my God. Can I breathe out here? So, um, so far out, there's no oxygen. <laughs> I can't do this. I'm sorry. And those are the ones that get me in trouble. Every political party is going to have its idiots, so you just got to deal with that part. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to vote for because I don't know. I would actually tell you if I knew. No. You want the truth? You want me to lie? The last two presidential elections, I did not vote. Nope. It's out of protest. Uh, I, I don't want to get into that right now, but you can ask me on Friday nights. I'll tell you, but I just, I just, in good faith, good, let me put retains it, in good consciousness, I couldn't vote for the four people that they offered me to vote for. And this year seems even crazier because either one of them might be in prison and running the country. So it's just, I'm telling you, man, I'd move to Canada, but Mr. Pink Shorts is even worse. Mexico's looking good. I don't, know tell you. I don't know, guys. We'll see what happens. I don't. I don't. It's hard to predict. I mean, I, mostly I, I haven't missed out on predicting a presidency. Everybody got mad at me last year, or, or when I when they got everybody got really pissed the night I predicted Trump was going to win. But my co-host uh, Lily, who is a she's a Z Jenner, she called it at seven o'clock. That's how sure she was by the numbers. And sure enough, he won pretty big. And then the next the next election, I said he's not going to win. Everybody's, oh, you're just being a hater. Well, sure enough, he didn't win. And then uh, this election, right now, the polls have him way out. If, if the election's today, he's your next president. Don't ask me. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand, and I'm going to say this and then we're going to go, why we can't find someone who's a uniter instead of a divider. Clinton and Reagan were the last two uniters. After that, no no, Clinton was a Democrat and Reagan was a Republican, but they kind of got the country closer. Um, well, I guess you can say Bush was, but that was only because of the war. But other than that, I liked Obama, but for some reason, conservatives hated him. And with with, with Biden, everybody hates him. Even the conservatives hate him. So I, I don't, you know, it's I want someone who can stand there and say, hey, I understand. And he can he can look at both parties at least get close enough that they 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 want to listen. But today, it's a joke. It's a yoke. I'm sorry, Wolf. I didn't mean to go off on that rant. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, anyway, we got to get out of here. Wolf's like, shut up, Joe. We got to go. Um, guys, girls, you can catch us on. But be sure to come for the first hour. He will be with us next Friday. So be sure to come catch in the first hour. Second hour will just be uh, catching up on war news and stuff like that. And, uh, and political news, of course. We do the polls every week now. On that note, good night again. Thank you for teaching. Teaching. Thank you for tuning in to the Author's Quill. Be sure to check out Wolf and his book. I actually, I go buy the book. And uh, yes, that's writersofthefuture.com if you want to check out the course. But, you know, learn, people. Learn. On that note, good night. And uh, I will see y'all on Wednesday. So stay out of trouble for a change. Thank you, everybody.